What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome back to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. As always, I'm your host, Clanky Terry. And before we get jumping into, we get started, we get moving into the new episode we have with this week's guest, I do want to encourage you to listen to this podcast on the official Traveling to Consciousness app available on the iOS and Google Play Store. It is so cool to me to have my own app and to be able to organize all of the material that I create into one singular space just for you guys. You're going to have access to articles. You're going to have access to audio tapes. You're going to have access to extra stuff that people don't have just on the normal Spotify or Apple. Now, here's the extra thing is that you have an option to sign up and support me through a $3 a month membership, which gets you some small access, but really the main benefit is supporting the show. And I love the idea of transparency. So I want to let you know that every dollar I make through this platform is going to be reinvested back into the podcast, whether it's getting better equipment, whether it's just funding the overhead that I have right now. I just want to make that clear to you that all money made through that sponsorship will go straight back into the podcast as is most money that I'm creating right now. Anyhow, with that being said, you also have options to sign up for a fifth density conscious monkey membership, which gets you the podcast completely 100% ad free, as well as gets you the YouTube videos. Well, they're technically on YouTube, but they're not showing on YouTube. So you basically get these videos that are not available anywhere else in the entire universe. So you get access to the video, you get access to the, the podcast ad free and there's a couple other things coming down the road, but that's another higher tier option. So I want to leave that out there for you. So hopefully I see you there and hopefully you're listening to this podcast on the official traveling to consciousness platform. And if not, no worries. I still love you. So let's get into the episode with this week's guest. Consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome back to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. As always, I'm your host, Clayton Kuteri, and Honestly, I had a pretty solid shift last night. I'll talk to you guys about that intention. Luckily, our guest today is an intuitive channel, so she'll help us out with it to make sure that I'm on the money with this. But enough about me. Let's talk about her. She's a fan favorite. She's back on the show for another episode because, well, amongst many reasons, she released a new book called Pain, Love, and Purpose. It's a book of poetry and we're honestly going to rift on her books for a little bit at the beginning here. So yeah, sit tight because I've got a lot to say, but conscious monkeys without further delay, welcome to the show, Christina, the channel rice, Christina. Thank you so, so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I, I always love how you've named me Christina, the channel rice. <laughs> is that not on your, is that not on your like account or something? I feel like I saw it somewhere. It's definitely not, but I, I should put it there for sure. I, I mean, I think it's official now. If you're on two podcasts and it comes up, it's a yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, I'm excited to be back. We always have good chats, so 
Can't wait to well, see where we end up today. <laughs> well, and that's a beautiful place to start because we have had to fill the audience in. We've had two conversations now, but have talked for a grand total of like seven hours, which mm-hmm. I find that's not normal for me. I don't know what your life is like, but for me, that's like crazy that we've had two conversations at this point, seven hours. We met up in San Diego. <laughs> And I didn't even realize that three and a half hours went by and you were like, oh, I think I need to go do something else. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, you're right. Yeah, I know. Uh, t- it's just kind of a time warp. I mean, I tend to get in those anyway, but I feel like since your show lends itself to three hour podcasts, you, you're you done with that anyway. I, I love it. I mean, it's not, it's not common for me, I guess. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. So you're the perfect guest for the show. Yeah. And what's also awesome, and guys, this is should also show you the gravity maybe of having Christina on the podcast, is that she even told me that she doesn't say yes to everyone. So we should also feel super special and lucky to have her here again. <laughs> I I don't. And I don't want that to I don't want that to like make anyone feel any type of way. I just, I don't, I think in general, you shouldn't say yes to everybody and everybody, you know, you got to know your nose and your guesses and it's more about resonance and anything else, you know? And I, and I was telling you, like, I know how I work as a channel and just like with my human design and the quality of conversation is always dependent on the questions I'm asked. And this is, this is true in podcasting and just in my regular life. And so in every conversation I have, I want to be really excited and I want to be really engaged. You know, I, I don't want to be bored in the conversation. And so I know that I'm going to love the conversation if the person I'm in the conversation with asks really good questions. Um, if anybody listening is into human design, that is classic, like quad right in human design. Um, it's all about the people around you, like curating a network where people are asking you really good questions. And that's how they can pull out all of the really interesting information that you have somewhere within you. So that's a little like quad quad right note well human design is something we talked a little bit about and i've actually div- dove divin tro- dove 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 <laughs> got into it whatever dove? i don't I, I think it's dove i dove divin, into it driven it's definitely divin, not divin. divin it's dove no it's, it's not dove. divin <laughs> it's definitely not divin <laughs> i'm making that word up <laughs> yeah so i dove into it a bit deeper and yeah that feels a lot that feels right yeah i dove into it a lot deeper and it's crazy it's crazy how like first of all how complex it is how many different areas of your life that it actually like explains and lays out and then how much of it like you can actually utilize for i don't know life whatever you're doing whatever you're creating in general yeah yeah i mean i use it for everything like it's how i run my business it's how i how i eat like nutrition um it's really helpful in relationships it's how i like schedule my day it's all about how your energy flows most optimally, you know, and it's, it's about being in alignment. It's your unique energetic blueprint. So, I mean, manifestation is in there. Like everything you really need is in there. I think it's the most helpful roadmap. Like when people are like, where do I start? I want to get into alignment or I want to better understand myself. I just feel like human design is the most helpful place to start because it is so actionable. Like it tells you where to look for your intuition to be coming through. It gives you guidance as to like what your best like rhythms are throughout the day, like how you're best structured, like manifestation tips, where you, your unique gifts are, where you're picking up energy from other people, um, and then where you're consistent in your own energy, where other people are going to be more influenced by you. And I've just found that it's been 
an invaluable tool for me in my life. Every single thing I do, like I was just telling someone this the other day, I was like, if I had to like take a step back, zoom out and say there was like a foundation for everything I teach uh, or anytime I've worked with a client, I'm always starting with human design and masculine and feminine energy. Like when you understand those two things practically, it really helps you understand how energy flows within your own life. And that is the basis because everything is energy, like to to me for creating life you want and um, just feeling good, you know? So I feel like those are the, those are always the two things that I go back to. Like those are foundational. Well, so then, you know, with this idea of alignment, with this idea of human design and using human design for whatever you're doing, whether it's jumping on a podcast, whether it's creating something for your community, whether it's creating a community, is there kind of like almost like a grid or something that you would use in regards to human design based on the specific thing that you're doing? Because kind of like you've roughly went through, it's it's like, it talks about digestion. It talks about how you respond to things. It talks about the scenery that you should be around. Mm-hmm. So how do you almost, because a lot of it feels a lot really overwhelming. Like the, the lady yeah. who I worked with, she like took an hour long video to go through my whole human design and it still felt like she was just scratching the surface. But then whenever it comes to actually implementing or making decisions, it's this feeling of like, which piece of this puzzle do I use at a given moment? Yeah. I mean, it definitely can be overwhelming and it's the classic thing with anything in life. Like the more, the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know, you know, (laughs) like with anything, like the deeper I get into anything, I'm like, wow, I'm always just scratching the surface. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Mushy Love. Mushy Love is a latte type blendable mushroom caffeine free elixir that honestly tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll. And I know that you're going to find that on their website, but it's honestly true. It's stacked with more than twice the amount of mushrooms as any other mushroom latte. And I know that there's one in particular that we all think about, which kind of starts with the word mud, but this one blows that one out of the water. I highly, highly recommend if you even try that one to just give this one a shot. And I promise you that you will not, you will not be sorry because I just, uh, it's so good. It's honestly so good. And I want to get to a place where I can actually just, they send me these all the time for free. So please go and buy it because if you buy more then they'll start sending me more. And it's just honestly a win-win because it tastes amazing. Like even in water. So even if you're cutting, even if you don't want to like put milk in or coffee with it, you can just do it plain in water. And it's so freaking good guys. Go click the sponsors link below, scroll down to mushy love, buy your pack today. Remember promo code Clayton promo code. I can't even talk right now. Promo code Clayton at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Mushy love mushrooms. Shouldn't have to taste like mud. Give yourself some mushy love. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Conscious Technologies LLC. Talk about an aligned company name. This company creating technology that will revolutionize the way that humanity is able to resonate or vibrate with the electromagnetic frequency of your phone, of your Wi Fi router, of the light bulbs in your house, of really anything. What they do is they have created these amazing minerals, amazing units that you can either place on the back of your phone, you can wear it as a necklace, or they even have like little in-house 
generators, if you will, that can unify the entire field of an entire house. I've experienced these things in person, and I unequivocally can tell you that it does something, and it helps you feel more present, more calm, and more connected to the spiritual dimension, if you will. And I highly recommend that you also check out episode number 034, where I actually talked to one of the co-founders, and it blew my mind away. One of my favorite episodes where we actually get into how he creates it, why it's created. And, you know, if this wasn't enough of a sell for you, go check out that episode because I know that it will sell you after that. Conscious Technologies, LLC, harmonizing the planet one person at a time. And so it is just like that. I mean, how, how can you expect like a system that complex, any any system to, to map you, you unique, like multifaceted person out in an hour? right? Like it's just not, it's just not going to happen. So I, and I have studied this a lot. I am obsessed with human design. Um, and I'm still always scratching the surface. There's so much I still don't know. And that's what I love about it. So it just depends on like what area of my life I'm looking at, you know, and then I kind of know the main places to start. Like, I don't know if you have an example. I mean, it's like, if it's related to health, I'm looking at like high level digestive type, um, that the arrows around your head, I'm looking at the, the top left arrow about like, is the, can your body handle fasting or is it not really meant to, are you meant to be eating in a more structured way, in a more consistent way, or is it better if it's just kind of like all over the place, like whenever, just following your natural hunger rhythms. Um, I'm looking at digestive type, that arrow. And then I also like to look at, there are certain channels that indicate different macronutrients, like which macronutrients are going to be really helpful for you to focus on. And there's also a channel that's about red meat and whether or not your body can really utilize the energy from red meat. Um, So, you know, what I love about human design is because, you know, I have a background in nutrition and I've tried every diet under the sun. Uh, I've worked with like, I specialize in chronic illness and worked with mystery cases, right? So I like really am into the nitty gritty of all these different diets. Uh, and it always just really was hard for me to wrap my brain around. Like I see how they all work and they all work for different people. How come some people go vegan and their hair falls out and they're super nutrient deficient. Other people go raw vegan and they're thriving and they're 80 and they look like they're 45 and they have amazing skin. Like why? Right. Or with carnivore, how come some people go carnivore and they feel incredible and they're thriving and other people go carnivore and their hormones are out of whack and they're putting on all this weight and they're breaking out. Like everybody's so different. And I have found that human design is actually the thing that can help explain that, you know, um, which makes sense to me. I'm like, wow, finally, there's something that kind of can indicate to you which of these your body might do might do better with. And, you know, we're always shifting and changing, but that was a game changer for me. And like my digestive type, I would have never tried uh, without seeing that in human design. Like I wouldn't have ever like thought of doing it. I'm cold thirst. So it's like, drinking a lot of liquids and everything needs to be cold. And so the way I actually kind of reset my body was I just went on a liquid diet and my whole body just like healed, <laughs> you know, and I would never have done that had I not had that inspiration from my digestive type. Um, or there's, you know, there's one digestive type that's called nervous touch and we're taught, you know, to always be in 
to be in a calm state when we're eating, you know, rest and digest, don't have much going on, like don't watch TV, like just make sure that you're really, you know, calm. Well, there are some people who that's great for, but there are other people who are nervous touch, who are meant to eat on the go, who shouldn't be sitting down, who should have kind of chaos around them. Like that's what nervous touch is. It's like, don't sit down and try and get and rest and digest. Your body's going to be able to digest and utilize the, the energy from your food when you're like, you know, you're walking around while you're eating. Like it's the total opposite of what of what we learn nutritionally. And it just goes to show everybody's different. You know, there are some people who, you know, there's one digestive type that's about light. So there's direct and indirect. So direct means daytime eater, like eating when the sun is out. Uh, but then indirect is eating when, when it's nighttime, you know, and I have, I have friends who are all of these indirect. And one of my friends, she's a nutritionist and she was fighting that like, you know, forever because she was like, I'm not going to eat like my food at night, you know, and she, but she always somebody was somebody who tended to want to eat all, all of her calories at nighttime. And then when she found out her human design, she just leaned into it. And now she does mostly just like, you know, she drinks water. She'll sometimes do broth. She'll do coffee, whatever during the day, but she eats all of her calories once the sun goes down. Uh, and her body has totally balanced out, you know, so I see this happen all the time. Uh, we're all really unique. And so that's why I just think human design is, is really, is really incredible. And even if you look at like digestion that goes into digesting information or even, you know, with, with environment. So like me being cold thirst, my body runs really hot. So cold, cold and liquid regulates my body temperature. It's all, it's all about body temperature regulation. So it made sense to me because I thought that's why I have a negative reaction to saunas. Infrared saunas like give me a negative reaction when I'm in hot weather. I have a negative reaction. And I started to realize like, okay, cold thirst. Like I lean into things like like cryotherapy, like cold showers, like anything cold is going to really be helpful for me. And all of the the heating stuff from my unique body doesn't do very well. Um, it makes me swell up. It like actually does the, the opposite response. So I just find that there are all these nuances that, uh, that are really helpful that I, I feel like you don't really come across elsewhere. It totally makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting too, because I think we discovered, I discovered that I was also cold to digestion mm -hmm. and like this idea of like a liquid diet came up. And so I think I need to dive into that a little bit more and see what's going on there. And yeah. what also gets interesting is, you know, we're so bombarded nowadays on Instagram, on all these social media platforms with all this different information that people are trying to feed us. I mean, it's, it, it and it's interesting too, because there are so many people that are, let's say, in positions of authority, and the only reason we give them authority is maybe based on their follower count, the number of views on this video, and the information feels like sometimes it's completely different, like the, the, what they're feeding us. Like one person could be saying, try A, the other one says try B, and both of them, and it, and it seems like so resonant for that person to do. Mm -hmm. And this is something that whenever I started diving into my human design, was that there was these things that, cause I, cause I love trying different things. I love sampling, putting on different hats, trying out different stuff, taking the chameleon approach, but it was more of this thing that nothing was really resonating with me. It was that there seemed to be some truth in some people and what they were saying, and then some things in other people. And it seems to be because they found the answer within their natural human design before even looking at it. And they just decide to propagate that. And it's interesting too, because it it's something that resonates with them. It's something that has likely helped them get to where they're at. And so therefore we view them as an authority figure. And whenever someone is, let's say, vibrating at a spot where they are attracting a mass amount of people, we say to ourselves like, hey, there must be some truth here. 
But in reality, it could be that you're getting magnetized by almost this different tribe or this different person who it might not be in, in alignment with what your highest frequently frequency might accept or align with. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think people are so busy trying to figure out the truth and they're thinking of that as like, there's one truth. And the thing is that all of these different things can work, right? So if I want to look at something like balance, like blood sugar regulation, okay. I could use a, a high fat, high protein, low carb diet to regulate my blood sugar, right? And you could go to a certain clinic or work with a certain doctor who uses that in their entire practice and they get great results again and again and again right? So they found one approach that works and they keep doing that again and again and again. But I could also go elsewhere where they've used very high carb, high sugar, low fat, low protein, like below 20%, below 15% diets to also get the same results. And they have had that replicated again and again and again. And I think people are so busy. They see things like that and they're like, which one is right? Why can't they both be right? They both are right. Like different things work. You know, many approaches work. And sometimes one approach will work for my body now and won't work for it later. Sometimes both could work for me right now. And it's just a matter of what feels good for me. What do I want? You know? And so I think that that's like a big spiritual trap I find that people fall into. Like that's a lot of the like 4D energy I find of it's like, I got to get to the truth. And the thing is that many things are the truth. Like there's this I forget which animal it is, but there's this animal card I always love. And it's, it's, it says like this and that are true. And the whole description is, you know, like two things can be true at the same time. Five things can be true at the same time, even if your logical brain wants to tell you that they can't be. You know, our brain wants to find the one right answer for safety, but there can be a lot of things that are mm. true at the same time. Um, and I think there's there's some there's some freedom in that. And I think we have to look back at like, is there any piece of of us, and that could be individually or just the collective, that like, why are we always trying to make people wrong? You know, like, like, because there could be, yeah, like there could be a subtle, and that's not always the case of why people are trying to figure that out. Right. But that can be an energy underneath it that can be unintentional or subconscious of like, and, and I will say in the collective, that is a strong energy of like wanting to make people wrong. Right. And we have to look at like, but why, why, why do I need that person to be wrong? Why can't we both be right? Why does anybody need to be right? You know, why can't I just do my thing? And I think that's where the, like the bigger, the bigger growth is, you know, people are just way too concerned with what other people are doing. And it's like, we got to focus on ourselves. (laughs) Well, do you think it comes from people looking for validation and maybe they feel like they've transcended a lower truth almost like, because and maybe maybe I'm projecting here a little bit from my whole spiritual awakening process where you start seeing start seeing things in a different lens and you see people carrying out behaviors that to you, you know, to me, I would think that is I would want to transcend, I would want to transmute and I see it and I tell them like hey, like, you know, you have a proclivity to sacrifice yourself in these situations and it's me maybe you know, I mean, there's a, there's an element of me that is coming from helping. I'm sure there are situations where it comes from, comes from me wanting to display a sense of authority or validity in their current situation. And, and so whenever they push back against that, it almost could hurt our ego or our self-identity because this thing that we believe is a higher truth than what they're experiencing 
might not be for their highest self to actually transcend at this time or even for ourselves to like to give them that answer does it is it kind of make sense where i'm going with that yeah i understand what you're saying but the thing is it's like (laughs) this is what people do well i'm 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 responding. I'm responding to this because I want to tell you this other way to see it because I want to help you. But really, it's because I want to prove my authority or prove how much I know. Right. And so, like, when you look at the frequency of that, like, that's not where I want to be. I had a lot of conversations uh, recently. I threw a retreat. It was amazing. And we had a lot of a lot of conversations around, like, what it means to live in your power. Right. Or like what it means to have to to have people trust you, right? People trust me. People listen to me. Uh, and you know why? It's because I don't tell people how powerful I am. <laughs> I don't need to tell anybody that, right? It's embodied, right? When I see somebody doing something where I I could have a critique if I wanted to act from from my ego, why is that my place? I don't need to. Are they asking for my opinion? Right? If somebody's asking for my opinion, I'm happy to have a conversation, but like, I'm not their parent. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm, sure. I'm not there. Co- like, and I think that there's, we just have to, to me, it's just tuning back into like, why am I doing this? Worrying about ourselves. And I, I, I work with a lot of people who are, you know, on these paths to being different versions of spiritual teachers, right. Who are guides. I work with a lot of people who are, who are guides, who are, have big, have big voices, you know, in, in the collective, um, and it's really important the more people you're in front of, like to really keep the energies around you, like I want to say clean, you know? Uh, and that starts with when we think about what are we attracting in and what are we creating, like really managing my own energy and paying attention, paying attention to what are my intentions? What's the energy from which I'm saying every single thing I'm saying, you know, and doing every single thing I'm doing. Uh, and the more we just start to focus in on that, we're going to get just different results because people are going to, to come to us, you know, and I was having a few conversations. This episode of traveling to consciousness is brought to you by revive CBD. Now I know what you're thinking, another CBD product. And typically I would completely agree with you. I've gone through all my trials and tribulations with CBD products, but this CBD cream is unlike anything else. Honestly, I don't know what it is, but there's something in the technology of it that it helps absorb into your skin and actually get to the place that aches and soothes your muscles almost instantaneously. It's close to instant. It's probably about a five to 10 minute activation that I've noticed, but sometimes it goes a little bit quicker. And so I know it can be difficult for the find the right one. And this was my personal favorite that I found after long enough. (laughs) I don't want to go back to that dark time. But I found it. It works amazing. And the creator of it is an incredible guy. So I highly recommend you click the sponsors link below. Click on the Revive CBD tab and get yours today. Revive CBD. Feel better, live better, all premium, all natural CBD products. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Aquarius Mushrooms. And Aquarius Mushrooms creates what I can only describe as these fine art sculptures that are all one of a kind and these plush mushroom fabric sculptures. 
They're what I would describe as being like little trip buddies. They're perfect for anyone who has a room that is dedicated to spiritual adventures or anyone who is looking for a fine piece of art that is one of a kind. I think I said that, but one of a kind to enhance their psychedelic experience. I'm sober and I look at mine all the time and it just oozes out this creative and spiritual energy that I it's hard for me to stop looking at sometimes. And so if you are on even maybe just smoking some weed, like I can only see how this thing would open up a portal to a new world. So I highly recommend that you click the sponsors link below, scroll down where you see Aquarius mushrooms, click their website and see if any of them speak to you. Because if it does, I can only imagine how it's going to speak to you in the real world. Aquarius mushrooms, mushrooms for the new age of enlightenment. So my clients, like they kept saying like, well, I just don't know how to get people to, I feel like people don't, people think I'm crazy or people don't believe me or people, uh, you know, don't know how, how powerful I am or how intuitive I am. And my question is, why do you, why do you care if they know? (laughs) Right? Like you, why do you care if you, if they know? And if you have to tell someone that, then it's probably not embodied. Right. Like I really believe in letting your energy speak, speak for itself. Um, Yeah, we do need to speak up. But again, it goes back to like, what is my intention behind what I'm what I'm saying? Right. And I like to just let my energy speak. And that seems to be a huge element of it. And and because I I saw a huge shift in my life whenever it almost like was this it was almost like this, uh, this lens of taking that step back of, okay, I've been telling them the answer. I've been telling them the answer. And it's like, all right, I'm just going to like hands off the wheel, let them go, let them figure it out. And in one situation I'm thinking of, it wasn't more than like 15 minutes later where they had this like light bulb moment of, oh shit, maybe I do do this like in this situation. And to me, it was a huge teacher of exactly what you're saying, where it's almost that energy of like, if you're pushing up, if you're trying to force something to happen, the answer could honestly just be taking a step back and allowing the natural process of whatever needs to happen unfold in front of you. Mm-hmm. I just think like show don't tell is, is really powerful. I think living by example is really powerful. And I find that that's the way that people actually can internalize for themselves. Like I know for me, just me talking about my own realizations, my own trial and error, uh, things that are working for me, just talking about honestly, myself is the best way for people to actually learn. And I'm not sharing that because I care if they learn. It's like the same way I just share with friends just to share. And if somebody pulls something from what I'm saying that can be applied, whether directly or indirectly to their own life, like that's super valuable, you know? And I feel like, especially the last few weeks, that's been reflected to me, to me so much. Like people keep coming to me and like, you know, you totally shifted my perspective on X, Y, Z. And I'll be like, really? Like what, how so? And they'll always give an example of something I did. Like I watched you do X, Y, Z. And that happened. It's never, well, you told me this. It's never, when you told me this, it, like, you know what I mean? It's always, you. I saw you do that. Or when you did this one thing, and then I watched how it played out. You know, and I feel like that has been reflected to me so much in the last three weeks. It's been like a big message of I'm realizing like, wow, like I really get to just live my life and people are going to get from it, like what they're meant to get from it. And isn't that, isn't that beautiful? And, and I think for a lot of us, like what, what allows a knowing to really get ingrained in us, you know, there's a difference between knowing it cognitively and knowing it like in our bodies, like the energetic shift. And 
And what's the moment where it just clicks? It's not always, I mean, sometimes it is somebody saying something and it just is said in the right way at the right time. It just resonates and it clicks and it's like, whoa, whoa, I've heard that before, but I didn't really hear that before, right? Sometimes that's a thing, but I think more often than not, there's some type of real life experience that happens where it's like, whoa, I just lived that. I I get it now. I get it now. Yeah, that's no, it's really beautifully put. And there's a couple things going through my head. One of them, and this is might be the next step in that, because I know content creators tend to gravitate towards this and you know, us both being content creators, how do you have you thought about how you embody that in the content that you actually put out as opposed to you know, let's say a lecture format, because I, I don't even in my human design to bring that back in, I don't that's not my style at all. My style is very much like in trying to help embody other people, A through example, but also B in the energy of like figuring out the things for themselves, not trying to sit here and be this person of like a high authority. It's more like, no, it's I'm going to be opening up questions and pulling back layers, take from it from what you will. So the question being, you know, how do you create content or have you even thought about how you create content that just shows, create content that highlights things that you've experienced in your life that then people are able to shift their perspective into a more aligned place for themselves? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a few ways, like quite a few ways. And for me with my business and the way that I like share content, it's always evolving and changing. You know, if I look at like the trajectory since if I take my podcast, for example, the last like seven years and I've consistently like, it's always changing. I've never had one style that I've just stuck with, you know, that whole time I would get bored. And I think like for me, the, the core piece is if it's not contributing to me, then I'm not going to put it out there. So everything I create is something I just want to create, whether or not some anybody listens, mm. you know? And so it's like, it's a, it goes back to like, just, I'm always doing things that are bringing me joy. And it's not about whether or not anybody else is getting anything from it. Like if they do great, but that's, that's not why, you know? And I think that anytime I'm putting things out, I put things out that are, I feel like, oh, this is for other people, but it's not really also for me. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Superpass. Now, what the hell is Superpass, you might be asking? Well, I use Superpass to host my website, host all of my amazing content. I use them for my app, the app, the amazing app that I know you're listening to this on that I don't even need to tell you about that's available on the Amazon and it's not available on Amazon. It's available on the iOS and Google Play Store. That app, the one that you're listening to this podcast on, the Traveling to Consciousness app, they're absolutely amazing. So honestly, if you're a content creator and need to organize and put things in one place, I highly recommend Superpass. They have an amazing community. They have an amazing support team who I've always been in contact with, reaching out with, and they're always increasing that product. So I highly recommend it. At checkout, I highly also recommend that you use promo code Clayton2022 because you'll receive 10% off your first 12 months of a yearly or monthly package, which is up to like a $300 value, which is crazy. So please go do that. Check that out. Click the link below, go down to sponsors, click on the Superpass affiliate link and sign up today. Superpass, everything you need to build a content business. 
that's where I start to get in a wonky energy and I, I, I don't feel good, you know? So I've just decided like, if it's not also as much of a contribution to me as it is to other people, then I'm not going to put it out there, you know? And that's also how I stay excited and interested. I think like very practically, I do often just like share about stuff I'm going through. You know, I've always been a very open book. I've shared like really intimate pieces of my life ever since I kind of got on the internet and started and started building my platform. And so I really do share like I share the things I'm going through. I share what I'm struggling with. I've I've shared a lot with my health journey. I share a lot of like like when I'm working through different wounds and like I've I always share my healing process and my transformation process and like what what I'm dealing with and just how I've what I've learned from it and what what I'm doing to move through it. Um so I just kind of share it in real time. I I do a lot of it's very personal, you know? So, and I think that's really important just for like the energy I like, like I like to, like it's my community, you know, we are, we are a collective together. Uh, I learn a lot from them. We all learn from each other. Like we're all friends, you know? And so I, I talk to everybody in my community the same way I talk to my closest friends. Like I talk to everybody the same way, uh, you know? And so I, I bring that through in everything that I create. Um, and I think that, you know, for me with everything I put out, like, like I do a lot of energy updates because, because that's what I do for fun. Like, that's mm. just what I do in my life. Like, you know, if you don't see from me for two, if, if I'm gone for two months, uh, guess what I'm probably doing on my house? I'm pulling Oracle cards and like just channeling about what's going on in the world. Like, that's just what I'm doing by myself. So I'm like, I'm just going to like record myself doing this. Um, so Love I think that. like, you know what I mean? Like I just kind of bring, it's like a come with me kind of energy more than anything. And, and I honestly think for me with channeling, it's a lot easier because, you know, I try and be really clear. I can't control how people interpret like what their response is. I can't control that, but I can be really clear in my intention of, for me, channeling, it's like this exploration of I'm just in the middle, you know? So it gives an opportunity for us to explore things of like what different guides are saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's necessarily what I think. I'm not saying that's what you need to think, but it's just allowing us to open up the door of a conversation to some other energies that maybe you're not talking to as often. And so for me, I think with channeling, it's a nice, it's kind of a nice opt out for me, uh, to be honest, because they do, um, I would say it's more of an educational kind of tone energy. Uh, and I'm like, you know, they're using me as a voice box, but it's not me. Right. So, um, that is, that is probably the place where I'm getting more in that energy because they're communicating, they're communicating through me. Right. But they talk to us that way because they want us to understand that we're, we're on that same level. For sure. And and this is actually a very interesting pivot because this is perfect. Your very first book, I, let me back up a little bit here. Did I did we talk about yet that I was able to like open my channel and that I've been using like channeling? Have we talked about yeah. that? Okay, yeah. cool. So this was something that like really clicked with me recently, which was the idea of actually singulating a channel on like a specific energy, like whether it's like a God from a mythic past or a, a person from a different, uh, I don't know, a past religion, a past deity, anything, because it really, it really struck with me. And I'm going to dive into this for a sec that these are stories, right? Whether it's, what was the example I kept using? Oh, Cupid. Like the story of Cupid embodies the idea of love, right? And, <laughs> and let me think of how I was articulating this. 
And so we created humanity, the collective consciousness, created a story around the idea of Cupid to explain the energy of love so that other people could understand what it meant. Like, how do you even articulate like what love is? How do you articulate the energy of love at all? It's like the best way to articulate that is with a story. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized that for so- something clicked in me, I don't know what took me so long for it to click, but something clicked that was like, you can invoke the energy of Cupid and actually talk to the energy of Cupid. You know, we have a collective agreement that this energy exists. This is what it is. This is the name of it. And that kind of like really, you know, broke me open. And where's there's a corollary here is that your first book manifestation mastery was a whole channeled text from um, blanking on the name of the goddess. Can you remind the me? The monarch being the monarch beating. Okay. The monarch so, being. Yeah. And so I, I found it so fascinating because that book is just, it's just packed. Like it's, it's easy to read, but it's difficult to get through just because of how many call it energetic <laughs> downloads or blueprints come into you while you're reading it. So I, I guess maybe the question that I'm going for here, I don't think there was a question, but there's one now that's popping up. How did you kind of come across the monarch being? How do you come across the gods or deities that you want to channel? And like, how do you determine which one you want to work with in a given situation because there's not too much information out there about all of these gods and there's some but not too much so i'm i'm curious how you so how do you come into contact with like different gods and deities um yeah um i am not somebody that like goes looking i've always just let everything unfold naturally you know so like this is my mission. Like this is a contract for me. Like I've been working with a lot of these. I've been working with ascended masters since I was one, you know, like they were in my bedroom talking to me, you know, like, so I have intimate relationships with certain, with certain energies, the ones that I'm closest with, um, my soul blueprint, like I'm basically, it's like, they're my energetic parents in certain ways. Like, so bits of them are inside of my, my frequency specifically. So that's why I have a specific connection. A lot of those energies um, I have been when they have incarnated their spirit guide. So I have spent a lot less time incarnated here and a lot more time being a guide. Um, and specifically with different ascended masters, like that was my role being one of their guides. So I have a lot of relationships with some of these energies, you know? So for me, it's, it hasn't been like, I'm trying, I'm figuring it out. I just see who comes to me. So every day when I'm channeling, um, I'll see which beings are coming forward. At this point, I have kind of like a group that I work with most consistently. I have some that I work with much more closely than others. Um, I have, you know, a number of them who have asked me to scribe for them, right? So these are the like different books. Um, so it just, you know, like a lot of the beings I work work with most closely, if anybody has done my my um 5d ascension activator it's 30 channeled lessons so it's 30 different trans channel messages from different beings those are like the beings i work with probably most closely um and there are some energies that i will connect with intuitively but i don't have the relationship with them to necessarily channel them right so um you know the monarch being is a main frequency that that i work with that, you know, we're writing lots of books together. <laughs> uh, and they are not an energy that is incarnated. Um, this episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Buzzsprout. And now this ad is for any of my fellow podcasters out there, 
Or even if you're starting to think about a podcast or creating one, a key that you need to know is that you got to put your audio somewhere. Then you need someone or something to distribute that audio. And Buzzsprout is by far the best option that I have found to get your audio put out on all of the mainstream directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play Store, all of them, iHeartRadio, you name it. I have been able to be featured on over 18 different podcast platforms because of how easy Buzzsprout makes it to integrate and host your audio on these sites. And honestly, I think I'm hosted on even more than that, but that's all that they'll tell me is it's over 18 and they have great software to track where your episodes are being downloaded, how many downloads you're getting and so much more guys highly recommend it for anyone who is starting or interested in starting a podcast. So please go check the sponsors link down in the bottom of the show notes scroll down once you get there go to buzzsprout click on the link and i want you to start hosting start your podcast because we need more it's amazing buzzsprout podcast hosting made easy this episode of traveling to consciousness is brought to you by superpass now what the hell is superpass you might be asking well i use superpass to host my website host all of my amazing content i use them for my app, the app, the amazing app that I know you're listening to this on that I don't even need to tell you about that's available on the Amazon and oh, it's not available on Amazon. It's available on the iOS and Google Play Store. That app, the one that you're listening to this podcast on, the Traveling to Consciousness app, they're absolutely amazing. So honestly, if you're a content creator and need to organize and put things in one place, I highly recommend Superpass. They have an amazing community. They have an amazing support team who I've always been in contact with, reaching out with, and they're always increasing that product. So I highly recommend it. At checkout, I highly also recommend that you use promo code Clayton2022 because you'll receive 10% off your first 12 months of a yearly or monthly package, which is up to like a $300 value, which is crazy. So please go do that. Check that out. Click the link below, go down to sponsors, click on the Superpass affiliate link and sign up today. Superpass, everything you need to build a content business. They are they are an energy that is essentially masculine and feminine energy, like like that essence. Um, but I work really closely with goddess Isis and Melchizedek I've scribed a book for. Um, I work with a lot with Serapis Bay and, you know, Athena, Aphrodite. I work with a lot of those energies. Cupid comes in, you know, but the thing is like these energies have incarnated, right? Goddess Freya, Odin, like these are all different energies that I work with pretty closely. And then there are lots of other beings that I don't, I don't channel. I just don't, I just don't have that. I, I can talk to them, um, you know, if they want to come forward, but w- anybody who I'm here to channel, like I've had that relationship with, I've, I've known them for a while, or they're going to come forward and like, they're guiding that process. And I'm saying, okay, yeah, I feel good. And we're building a relationship, right? I work really closely with Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, Yeshua, like those energies. Um, you know, so those are, I think all the ones I just listed, um, some of my Pleiadian family I'll channel, right? Um, there's a group called the Sisters of Light. So those are some different ones that I channel probably like most often. You know, I put all of my like work work, like my trance channeling is all in my membership. Um, but yeah, I don't like, I don't go looking for anything. Everything just unfolds for me, right? So these beings will come forward to me. Uh, we build a relationship. They'll ask, you know, if they can use me. <laughs> to communicate through and and if I want to 
I let them, you know, so the monarch being like, it was, it, it was much easier for me to connect with a lot of these other energies that, you know, I would, I would see them, I would get a name and then I would look them up and be like, oh, like there are stories about this person. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know who the hell Melchizedek was, or I didn't, I didn't even know who goddess Isis was like, you know, this was like mm. earlier on. And so I was like, oh, these are like energies. And I would, you know, just kind of learn some things or I would look up a pic, I would like first Google somebody and then I would put on images and I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. Like that's who I saw. Right. So it was a little bit, it was easier there. And then with the monarch being, um, there was this frequency that was like coming through consistently and communicating with me. And I kept asking for a name and I couldn't get a name. I just kept getting a big M. Um, they just kept showing me an M and, you know, in identifying the vibration, I was like, I mean, it was the highest frequency I had ever connected with. It was so high vibrational, like, and, and, you know, I started, you know, I was talking more and building that relationship. And it was interesting because it wasn't how a lot of the other energies had come forward where like, I, you know, I was seeing like their hologram comes to me. I see the, I see them as a hologram. Like it looked like they look like you, they're just more hologrammy. And it's one. <laughs> I'm glad to know that I don't look very hologrammy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's one, it's one clear voice and you know, it's like, I'm just talking to somebody, but the monarch being wasn't like that. Like they don't have like a form, you know, mm. but it, what it is, is it's like, an energy cone. And there's like a, it's a, sounds like a group. So it sounds like, it's like, it sounds like a chorus of like feminine voices, like surrounded by a chorus of, of more masculine voices, like all just like speaking in tandem. Um, so it's just something I had never, you know, and so I spent a long time just getting to know them, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they, I kept asking for, give me a name, like, you know, and then they said, you can call us the monarch being. Um, and, and yeah, you know, everything just kind of unfolded from there. And so they are, um, they're the, they're the ones that were doing this set of three. So manifestation mastery, my next book will be coming out. I hope in February. Um, I mean, it's, I wrote it in March or April. Um, I channeled it in April, but I just have to get it sorted, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have to publish it. And, um, and then we'll have one more after that. Um, so there'll be three in this, in this set. Um, I still yeah. got to work on, still got to work on finishing that manifestation mastery one. Yeah. It's a process. Why, it really is. It's like a whole journey in and of itself to try to, I don't know, parse it apart and come back to it. Cause it's interesting. Cause if I try to force it, there's times where my body's just like, we're, we're not ready for what's yeah. up next. And I'm just like, all right, all right, I'll listen to you. Um, and it's also interesting that you mentioned Odin because that is a name that has been, like constantly been coming to me and like poking me and we'll, we'll get back to your books. Cause I do want to talk about pain, love and purpose in a bit. But the one thing that I was thinking about, and I'm curious where your thoughts are on this is the idea of sacrifice. You know, I know like in, in evil times, medieval times, ancient times, it was a lot more like blood and sacrificing like a whole goat. And I've kind of seen things where it's like, you just have to do a little bit, like just placing like a sugar cube in a place or a piece of bread. It can be that small. So when it comes to maybe talking to a new energy or invoking a new one, do some of them want some sort of sacrifices or is that something where it's just like showing them gratitude they're happy with? Like how does, how do sacrifices kind of play into channeling different energies or different beings? 
Um, I have never had a guy to ask me to sacrifice anything. Uh, that's never been my experience. You know, th- this is my thing. Um, I know there are a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about working with different gods and goddesses and channeling things and whatever. And, and I just, I don't care. Like I go off of my experience and like, guess what, what I'm doing is working and I know my truth and I'm going straight to the source. Like I'm talking to them. You know, sometimes people will say things like, and again, I'm not saying anybody's wrong or anything, but I, I can only trust what my, I only trust my discernment, you know? And so mm. if I, I have an intimate relationship with ISIS, for example, right. And I know her very well. She knows me. She's been like my mom since I was born. You know, she's like been like my main female <laughs> support, like feminine support. Um, and sometimes I'll, people will say things about her and she's just like, no, like, where do they, where are they getting that? You know, I think there's a lot of stuff out there around, you have to do X, Y, Z, or don't do that, or you're going to offend them. And like, where are they getting that from? You know, mm-hmm. and, and we have to also understand that the incarnated forms of many of these energies are very different than if we're speaking to like their, their, their soul essence. Right. So it's like when a lot of these like gods and goddesses, Can you break that down a little bit. I mean, when they incarnated, when they've incarnated and if they've had like human experience, like they're going through all the crazy shit, shit that we're going t- through as well, right? And so you hear all these stories about the gods and goddesses like going on rampages and fucking shit up and like mm-hmm. because they didn't know how to deal with their emotions. They had too much power. They're coming onto the earth plane where they're feeling so many emotions that they're not used to. And then look at how they responded. It was super wounded. It was chaotic, right? They destroyed, they destroyed villages, land, people died, like, like that was their incarnated experience, right? But if you're communicating with like their purest soul essence, like that is very different, right? So, so maybe, you know, um, this, this goddess is going to be offended. Like if she was incarnated and you didn't like put her flowers up properly and like, you know, give her Mm -hmm. this offering, she was going to be pissed, but that can be a different, side of her that's like more of the incarnated personality as opposed to if i'm communicating with like the oversoul like the pure soul essence because on that, that level sense. they're just they're just pure love so it just depends which version you're connecting to so then is that a part of your intention is to connect with the soul essence or the purest form of let's say the monarch being or of you know isis or of cupid or of odin is that kind of the energy that you take into it more than the, I guess, but you can't, but you wouldn't really be channeling the incarnated version because that's not, they're not like, that's just an element, right? Yeah. Like, so for the type of channeling work that I do, I'm connecting with like the oversoul energy. Um, so I'm connecting with that frequency over any incarnations. And that's something that I, it has been actually interesting for me because when I first started channeling and doing like mediumship and psychic work, um, I was getting definitely a lot more like, like 3d stuff. Like I was getting a lot more like, it was like informational, like this happened here, that, that world event was like false. And this is what really happened. These were the dates and times this happened. Like, uh, this is a city this happened in, like, this is the order of event. It was a lot more like that, uh, like at the beginning and the more, I have gone into like the type of channeling I'm doing now. I don't get that. It's not that type of information anymore. It's much more like the thematic and like about like 
vibration and energy and what's applicable for us. And when I ask around it, they're like, it's sort of like a vibrational mismatch because where I'm at vibrationally, when I'm channeling these energies to be a frequency magic, I'm outside of space or time. So like when, when I, if I ask a question, that's like, when did this happen? They're like, literally in which, in which timeline? Because like the, from where I'm communicating with them, they're like, yeah, so, okay, I could tell you this happened in this timeline of this incarnation, but there were also all of these other uh, parallel realities where it happened slightly differently. So like which one? Mm. Cause they all happen. So it's almost like asking those questions is irrelevant, you know? And I've noticed this as well. Like, you know, like Teal sometimes will like ask them stuff and it, it'll just, they'll just be like, like nothing, like does not compute. Like, w- like we're not operating within your reality right now, you know? So it doesn't even compute. And, and that's just, that's just the type of channeling work that I'm doing specifically. Right. And so, and I really believe with your intuitive, with your spiritual abilities and, and, you know, the different types of of channeling and and psychic gifts, you're going to become the strongest when you focus in one direction. Right. Like, so there are people, every, like everybody has a different thing that they are best at naturally, you know, uh, and they have a different area of expertise. And I really believe in like leaning into that because nobody else can do that. I look at like, you know, there are people who, um, are doing so much around like history, like ancient history and like archeology span and people who are specializing, like using their, their intuitive gifts, to, like figure a lot of that stuff out. Like that is sick. Like that is awesome. That is so cool. That's not my area of expertise. Like I can, I get mm-hmm. some stuff around that, but that's just not my focus. Right. Um, like and vice versa, right? They're like what I'm doing in terms of my trans channeling. A lot of people, um, those aren't their gifts. Like that's just not going to unlock for them in this lifetime. They're not supposed to, um, you know, so it just, it's different for everybody, right? Some people really focus on like past loved ones, right? Like working with loved ones who have transitioned to the other side, like that's an, there's areas of expertise within that, right? There's animal mediumship. Like we talked about this before, but I just can't emphasize that enough because I think a lot of people miss out on a lot of really incredible experiences and really powerful information because they're trying to like do everything at every time rather than like, what are you naturally really good at? Because no one else is going to be as good as you if you like lean into that, you know? Hmm. So how do you find that then? Right. Because I, because well, you don't find it. That's the thing comes to you. It's what's coming to you. What's natural for you. Like to me, it's like, what's as natural as, as breathing. You know, like, I mean, here, here's the thing, like, like with energy work, a lot of people will ask me, they're like, how, like the way I work in the Akashic Records, for example, people will say to me, like, you know, I've been working in the records for like 10, 15 years and I can't do the stuff you can do in there. And like, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, there's a level to which like there are certain things you can learn. Right. But there's also a level to which like. I have a natural strength working in this capacity in this way, <laughs> right? So it's just a unique gift I have. You have a unique gift too. Stop trying to do it the way I'm doing it and find your own way to work uniquely in the records or outside of the record, whatever you want to do. And like, that's where it's going to feel magical. And the problem is people are looking around at what other people are doing. They're like, oh, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, you're, you're missing out on where you're most magnetic and in magical, right. Which is like your unique gifts or things that you have that nobody else can do. And so I think like the, like one of the biggest things I always say, it's like people are just wasting so much time trying to copy each other. It's just, and, and it's just a waste of time. And you're always working at like, 
like 70, even if you're the best at that, you're working at like 70% of your potential. And if you just did it completely your own way, like nobody else, that's how you get 100%. It's so fascinating. And it's reminding me in my life of working with my dreams, Mm -hmm. actual projection, lucid dreaming. It was stuff that I was like, for probably a year, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And recently I had on uh, a dream oracle on my podcast, name's Holly, and she's all about actually just utilizing the dreams for messages. So it's like the element of releasing control so that it can just tell you a message. And whenever I did that, when I made that switch from trying to be in control of my dreams to just using them for messages, it was crazy. Like every single night I was dreaming, I was having like these profound messages very complex, detailed dreams that were just coming to me. And I think it's highlighting exactly what you're saying, where Mm -hmm. the dream world wasn't, isn't for me at this time to be using it at the capacity of lucid dreaming or astral projection. It's more this landscape of spirit of source to communicate with me messages or themes throughout my life that I'm able to use to actually figure out and integrate with into the present day into this mm-hmm. present physical 3d reality and i'm going to transition this into what i started off this podcast with which was that shift that kind of happened last night and first of all does it do you feel like there's a energetic because i feel like you're you know talking about your gifts i feel like your gifts are able to kind of turn on and see things a lot more what's the word vague vivid vividly more vividly mm-hmm. than probably the average person so first of all as just like a question do you see or feel like there's a a big shift that has occurred maybe since the last time that we've talked i do it, but it i yeah i do it 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 it's like it's like there was a big realization shift whatever how do I articulate this? But it's it doesn't feel like it's fully settled in. It feels like you got it. I got it, right? But I haven't lived it yet. Like it, it's like, oh, it's like it's still kind of like, oh, I'm new. You know what it reminds me of? If it's like um overnight, like, you know, Harry, like Harry Potter in one instant finds that he's a wizard. And it's like, okay, I'm a wizard. And like I know it. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. But it hasn't, it's like not until he's like halfway through Hogwarts. He's like, okay, like I'm a wizard, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like that kind of thing of like it feels like there's a shift there like but it hasn't fully like imprinted does that make sense no it does and allow me to expand a little bit more i was leaving you in the dark a little because i wanted to Mm -hmm. test the waters you know not not that i don't trust you of course just to (laughs) play a little game um so i'll put it this way the intention that i was like taking into my going to bed was and honestly guys if you're listening this is a fucking powerful ass intention and you can workshop it for how you want but it was if i was always joyful what would i remember about myself that i'm not remembering now and what came to me in my dreams last night was essentially a past life with i'm going to leave the people out of it because it's people i haven't even discussed this yet with but it was a past life with people that are in my life and you know, I was married to one of them and then another one of them actually came in and killed me. Like whenever I'm trying to leave it vague on purpose, but it's weird because it's like this very traumatic almost remembrance, but it brought so much joy to me this morning. And it was like so profound. And 
to your point, like I don't really know what to do with it. I don't know how to integrate it at this point, but even just waking up this morning, I felt so much more joy and almost at peace just remembering Mm -hmm. this thing that had occurred in a past life with different souls that I'm fucking around with in this life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. No, well, (laughs) I I mean, I mean, the thing is that you don't even, you don't have to know, right? Like how to like what to do with it. Like you don't have, it's just, it's, it's just like, it's like, I always say like, it's like your jello. You just have to let it set. It's just going to set, you know? So it's like, you don't have to do anything. And like from that, things are going to kind of unlock over time as they're supposed to. But the big thing was in you setting that intention brought forward exactly what you needed to remember to like live as joy. Right. And just in the remembrance, the energy can clear and move so that like anything that you're still holding on to. And this is the thing when we when we die in a traumatic way, there wasn't time for us usually in that lifetime to uh, like heal that, which is why we'll bring some of that. I mean, into... It was a real fast. It was a yeah. real fast like death. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. And so it's like sometimes all we have to do, and this is why past life work can be, you know, one of the many reasons why it can be so healing. It's sometimes it's just knowing what happened um, clears it immediately. And it's like, oh, that happened. And then it just released. And then now any of that that was just stuck just moved. And so now you're back to joy. Hmm. Simple as that. So powerful. And this, and where I actually go with this, and this comes into discernment, because there was a, a past life that I was working with, a different one, where I figured out who the person was. Uh, do I really want to go down that? Now, nah, well, the point is, <laughs> how do you discern if you're supposed to kind of share these things with other people? Because this is like, this can be heavy shit. You know, to me, it, it gave me this huge sense of joy, but... I go up to these people and I'm like, oh yeah, we lived in a past life together. And then this person killed me. And I tell these people that like, that can like, I don't want to say traumatize, like re-traumatize, but it can, it can be a, a block. Like it can also almost re-invoke that block within them. So how do you almost balance this discernment of whether or not you even share this with other people? If you share this with the people, is it kind of just feeling into the discernment of it? If it feels aligned? I mean, like, when you mean share with other people, you mean the people involved? Correct. Um, I... Because obviously I'm sharing it with people if we're talking yeah, about it right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't share it with people unless unless it comes up. Like, like if I'm supposed to share it with somebody, it's because there's going to be some situation that comes up where they're essentially asking me to, you know? Mm. Like, uh, but I'm not going to share... Like, that's my personal process. And if they're supposed to know, like, they're supposed to know. And I think that's a huge issue, like, of people giving intuitive information. Like, I don't think people realize how much that can mess with people and how much that can shift the trajectory of their life, to be honest. And and I see this a lot with pe- people just, you know, like, especially when gifts are new, right? And people are excited. And they're just like, people are just, they're out to lunch. And they're like, oh my God, I just heard. Yeah. He's, you're gonna, you should break up with him. Oh, yeah, that's your life partner. Oh, yeah, like mm. they're just saying you're you're gonna have a baby with that person. Like, and people who do that, I you know they're well intentioned, but that can fundamentally fuck someone's like life trajectory. <laughs> like it just it can totally shift it. That can really mess with somebody's head, you know. And that's not like our job to I, to do that. Like I don't believe in sharing that stuff with somebody unless like. It's going to come if it comes up in a way where somebody's essentially asking, you know. Well, do you feel like this kind of comes back into the power dynamic where 
it almost puts you in this position of authority or is it almost that you invoking this would set them off on a different timeline whether or not whether or not they believe in you whether or not they agree with you just the invocation of it can like splinter their trajectory well i think there's there's for sure the piece of like if i'm going to tell somebody i have you check in if i'm going to tell somebody any piece of information i have to check in with why am i saying this Mm. is any of this like like why what would be the purpose like what is my real intention you know so that's one piece the second piece is like a, a psychic responsibility you know there's a there's 98 percent of the intuitive information i receive i do not tell anybody i don't need to tell anybody i don't have to i tell what what the guides tell me to share Okay. But the way I receive more information is because I'm responsible with it. The same way if a friend tells me, tells me something personal and I go and I blab about it to all my other friends, why would you ever tell me anything else? You know, but the thing is that it's for the same reason. Why is there not full disclosure yet? We're not ready. When we're ready, there will be full disclosure. Okay. And so that's why people are like, like it's, it's the same thing. It's a responsibility piece. We, our inner child, our ego is like, I want to know now. Mom, tell me. ETs, tell us. Give us all the information. What's going to happen? It's so immature, the way that people act, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's for our highest and best, Re- like re- really, you know? And so there's there's a lot of stuff that, and, and to me, this is just basic. Like if you're learning, if you're learning to work with people, um, I mean, when you work with people, you have to be responsible with this. Like, so for me, that bleeds out into my personal life as well. Uh, but it's like, I get a lot of information in a session with somebody and this is somebody who's opted in. Right. And with every single thing I'm getting, I'm asking, is this something that I'm communicating with them? Mm. Um, and sometimes it's no, sometimes it's just for me to know. And then because I know it, I can ask helpful questions to help that person release whatever the energy is without them actually knowing what it is, because it's not always going to serve someone for them to know that their, you know, parent in this lifetime was their, was their arch nemesis in the last lifetime and, and killed them brutally. Like that's not always going to serve somebody, you know, sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, and, and it, it goes back to, I think we talked about this before, like the classic, this happens a lot where I will see a relationship or even a business. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work out. But, but that person is, doesn't, they're not bringing up their relationship or the, they're not bringing up whatever the thing is. And they're, they're like, yeah, I'm super happy there. Like everything's going well. I'm not going to just say, oh, well, guess what? In five years, it's going to fall apart. Th- that is not serving them. Like if it's going to fall apart in five years, uh, it will, because something's going to happen later on. Right. But if they're happy right now and things are going well right now, then then great. That's where they're supposed to be right now. Right. So I might just ask a question of like, yeah, so how are you feeling in your relationship? And they'll be like, oh my God, amazing. Like, you know, he or she is just so incredible. Like I feel so seen. I'm like, great. And when I hear that, then that, okay, cool. And then we move on. Right. It's not relevant right now. So I just feel like there, that's like, it's discernment, it's responsibility. It's again, like checking our ego of like why we're saying things. And also for me, just like showing up in highest service, you know, because just Blag, blabbing a bunch of stuff isn't always in highest service. The same way, I think it's the same kind of personality type of, you know, when you see, when people are saying things that you don't agree with in person or on the internet, like, why do some people have the urge to go, like, tell them off? You know what I mean? Like, like where is that urge coming from? Like, I don't care. Like, you you do your thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, it's, 
is it really in high service like for for the collective you know there there are times to speak up but there are nuances to speaking to, to speaking up because it's all about like getting really clear with what is like what is my intention and like what am i giving my energy to you know and i think for me it's just like um i i don't need i don't care for, like if i don't ask for somebody's opinion i don't need it like if i want someone's opinion i'm asking for it right um and so I'm the same way on the opposite side. Like, unless somebody's asking my, if you ask my opinion, I will fucking give it. <laughs> but if someone's not, <laughs> oh, if no someone's doubt. not, yeah, no but if, someone's, if someone's not asking, I'll just listen. So how do you handle situations like that? Because like, I know there's, and this kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier, where you see the misalignment, let's say, or the energetic block that they need to overcome. Mm-hmm. And yet you hear them kind of just, let's say, complaining. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not complaining energy. It feels like complaining energy. They're complaining, they're complaining, they're complaining. And you're sitting there like, I know what the answer is. I know what the answer is. Do you kind of just sit there and smile and nod and wait for them to actually invoke a question? Or do you kind of just yeah. play with it and have fun? Like, what's what's like your mindset whenever someone's coming to you with complaining energy but not looking for a solution? So I'm going to assume this is like a friend. Is that like that? Is that an example you're talking about? Like, sure. I'm assuming this isn't like a stranger. If this is um, like a, if uh, this is a stranger, yeah. I'm just exiting the situation. Yeah, that's probably not someone. <laughs> they're probably okay. not sober, so it's probably someone you want to. <laughs> right. So I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm assuming this friends is like, like yeah. Okay. That, so like a friend feeling that kind of situation, right? Somebody like I know, right? And they're talking and they're like complaining, and I'm sitting there and I, I'm like, I could solve this for you in two seconds. I will ask them. I'll say like. I was like, do you want me to hold space and just listen? Or are are you asking for my opinion? Mm, or I'll say, do you want, or do you want me to tune in for you? Cause I'm that kind of person, right? Cause people, my friends will come to me and they'll say, they'll say a bunch of stuff and I never know. So I always ask, I say, do you want me to just listen? Do you want my thoughts or do you want me to ask the guides? And they'll usually be like, oh no, I want you to ask the guides. And I'll be like, okay, great, great. And I just do it, right? But but I'm making sure I'm getting them to opt in. Um, and sometimes people say stuff and they're like, no. And they'll be like, no. They're like, I know what you're going to say. Um, they're like, I just, <laughs> I just needed to vent. And I'm like, okay, great. Then I'll just vent. And then and then I emotionally am not having any like pressure on myself. I'm like, that's all they need. It was me to just hold the space. It's not my job to solve other people's problems. You know, and I think like the other piece of that is, you know, I think that, a big way that that lesson for me got really imprinted of like tuned in, like embodied, like a knowing has was because I have seen how it has really damaged close relationships in my life. Like I have seen, especially in romantic relationships, like, like if I'm not conscious of that, it will easily, it could easily turn into like, I'm becoming the coach to my partner. And mm. I, I don't want to be my boyfriend's coach. I want to be, I want to be his girlfriend, you know? So it's like, I am aware of when, and, and like when I was younger and less mature, whenever anybody would say something, I would be like, Oh, I want to solve their problem. And I can't. So I would. Right. But then mm. in romantic relationships is where I really saw it getting, I was like, Whoa, this is throwing me like really out of whack. And I realized like, I need to like, I need to learn and grow and mature in this area and just learning a lot more about romantic relationship dynamics and polarity. I realized, Oh, like that's not my responsibility. Like why, 
why do I think it's my responsibility to solve everybody else's problem? Well, because uh, I learned that at a young age from people in my life, in my family, from adults around me who taught me that it was my job to solve all of their problems, right? But then as an adult, I realized, oh, this is actually damaging for a lot of relationships. Um, And so since recognizing that and being more conscious and every single time a friend or uh, like my boyfriend, like, like any time anybody's just, you know, kind of energy vomiting, I'm just asking like, what is supportive for you right now? Like, do you want me to just listen to you? Right. Or do you want my opinion? And that feels (laughs) like something that could be so helpful for them as well, because they might not even know or just even be conscious of what they're doing. And by you even just taking that second to be like, okay, do you need space? Do you need suggestions? Mm-hmm. Do you need the guides? Like, what do you need? You know, yeah. even just taking that step back, they can kind of like just reframe them of like, oh shit, I'm complaining again. What is, why am I complaining? You know, coming back to like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Totally. I mean, it's helpful for me when people ask me that, right? And like, because I do that, people in my life like have learned that from me and so then they do it to me. And it's really helpful for me because I will tell you 98% of the time, I'm like, I'll, I'll say, I'll be like, I just need you to hold space and listen to me because I already know what the answer is. I just need to <laughs> fucking be bratty about this for five minutes, you know? Like, you need to be and, human about this. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just need to be human and like get it out. And then as soon as I get it out, I'm good. And then I feel like invigorated because I know like what my next move is or like, I know. I just need some space to like, yeah, to have a human moment and just like, man, you know, whatever. <laughs> to have somebody just hear me. And then it that, that in itself is healing. Like that just moves the energy. So... I know I love when people ask me that question because because I know that I get annoyed when I just want to vent. People are trying to solve my problems. Mm, I'm like, I don't need you yeah. to fix this. Um, but then that's my my fault because I should have from the beginning said, hey, I, I don't need you to fix this. I'm not looking for a solution. I just need a vent, right? So I've just, for me, this has just taught it's me a lot about though. communication. It's difficult though because when you're in that mindset of that the venting energy, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like, it's not of the same energy to be like, Hey, I need to vent. Like, can you just hold space for me to vent? And I think it is for sure. Are you able to train yourself into doing that or? Oh, totally. Like I 100% like to me, that's just communication. Like I think Mm. I'm a pretty good communicator. I would say that's probably one of my biggest strengths is communication. I'm good at mediating situations. I'm good at difficult conversations. Like definitely a direct communicator. Yeah, if there's, but you know, I'm good at like if there's conflict or if there's a heated conversation or something touchy, I, I'm very good in those situations. I always have been. Um, and so for me, it's a communication skill. And so if I'm like annoyed and upset and I just, I'm like, oh, I need a vent, like I'll go to whoever and I'll be like, I am like in a mood. I need to just vent for a minute. Like, and then I'll be over. I don't need you to fix this, but can you just listen to me? And then they'll be like, yeah. And then I just go off and do my thing and then I feel better. Interesting. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. I think that's like, this is definitely a question or a dynamic I need to bring into my life a little bit more, but I mean, it really touches on pain, love, and purpose. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you knew this because when I was talking to your assistant, she said the book wasn't going to arrive, but mm-hmm. yeah, well, I told her, I didn't know if it would get there in time, but I'm glad um, okay. it did. It got here in time. Good. So I read something on, first of all, Again, okay, so it's really interesting, right? Because the manifestation mastery, whenever I read like a chapter of that, like it it has this like energy of like, I need to just like rest and let this like sink in. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting this, I've probably read five to eight, eight to 10, maybe poems. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because there's nothing like wild and 
this is going to be a compliment at the end of it. <laughs> There's nothing like wild about the words or like what's being said, but usually like towards the end of every single poem, I feel like tears kind of coming to my eyes. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a very interesting, like energy mm-hmm. or dynamic behind every single poem that you have in here. So I, I don't, are you able to like elaborate on why I'm feeling like, and it's not like I'm, crying but it's like there's definitely like tears like water's coming to the eyes so yeah like what's happening why am i experiencing this like energetic discharge with every poem that i'm reading yeah i mean i think one of the reasons why i i love Hold on, this... i lost your audio oh i don't know if that's you or me um uh, am i still gone I you. all right let me stop this recording we'll try again all right cool energetic the energetic discharge of Whatever the hell's going on we, here. We keep we keep getting kicked off because the frequency's so high. You know that, right? I, I you know, I do know that actually. Whenever <laughs> who did I have on? Oh, I had King Cassius on and we were talking about aliens and like mm-hmm. and every single time we got to something, it was just like there was a cut on the yeah on the uh, thing. But it hasn't it's, happened it's, in a while, but it's always a joke on my like mastermind calls or like my group, my like calls because it happens all the time. Like these calls can be a struggle because we just get kicked off constantly because it's so high. The vibration is so high. Um, But anyway, with this book, you know, one of the things I love about it is like, that was the whole point of like taking a really intense, complex emotion, like taking emotions, right. And putting them into like the simplest language and poem possible just like simple, you know, and it, it's like a piece of art or uh, interior design. You walk in this and it's just so simple and you're like, whoa, beautiful. <laughs> right. And I just think yeah. like, like for me that, that contrast energetically of like taking such a complex emotion or emotionally charged experience. And it's something that feels like this big energy ball of all over the place. Right. And just like, putting it in this really simple form. There's something so just like healing about that. Right. It's like, it's like there are a million things I could say to somebody about how incredible they are and give them all these compliments, but saying I love you and really meaning it trumps everything. Right. Like I don't need to sit here for, for 10 minutes to talk about all these other things when I have a real, I love you that has all the energy charged behind it. Right. And with every single poem in here, like there is a, like a memory from me and a core emotion frequency that was like embedded in each, in each one, you know? Um, and to be honest, it's sort of difficult for me to articulate, but when I'm doing energy work, um, it's like, I always say, it's like, uh, I'm conducting, I'm conducting a symphony. Like there's all this stuff going on. I'm doing all this stuff. It's like, it's like I'm doing surgery, you know? And there's a moment where I'm like, done, complete. Like we just nailed it, nailed it. And it's like this moment <laughs> of satisfaction. And with the poems, it was a really similar feeling for me. Like I was like in this intense like emotion and it's like coming through and I'm like, just like channeling this poem. And then at the end, it was like complete, done, closed, healed, finalized. Like, and I felt like every poem, it just encapsulated something. And it's really interesting about this book is it is simple. 
um, it, you can sit down and you could read it in a sitting, you know, but it's always interesting for me because some people will tell me they're like, I sat down and I just like devoured it. Like I read the whole thing. I, like I just read the whole thing. I was laughing. I was crying. I was feeling whatever. And I just couldn't put it down. And then I have other people who will tell me they're like, I can't read more than one poem a day because it's so intense for me. Um, and I just think that's really interesting to hear these different experiences. Uh, and it just goes to show that like, you know, with my work, like, <laughs> words are just holding the zip file, you know, and every single book, like these two books, the books I'm going to put out, like, I think what's cool is for the reader and for me to have this experience of, I can feel the energy of this. Like something just got like unlocked in me, transmitted to me. That is so beyond what these words are. Like it's, it's just not the, you know what I mean? Uh, they're just the vessel through which it's coming to me, but it's an energy. It's unlocking something within me. And, and that's why I love like energy work in general, right? It's magic. And these books to me are, are a way to transmit that to people. So, you know, when you're reading these books and then at the end, you're feeling like an emotion come up, it's because that just unlocks something within you, right? Like whether or not you had the same exact experience, there's a vibrational resonance somewhere within you that just got like touched, right? Cause you could feel me, that piece of you was, was felt within you. And then that is clearing that and healing that for you. And that's really what, like what this book is. It's a book of healing, you know? And, and so I, I feel like that's what, what you're feeling for sure. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think I, what did I do? How did I read it? Oh, I just opened up the front cover. Or I opened up the chapters mm -hmm. and I kind of just looked for the keywords because you kind of have them basically titled as like emotions or maybe not emotions, not the right word. Yeah. So there's three, there's three sections. First is pain. The second is love and the last is purpose. Um, so there are pain poems, love poems and purpose poems. And then the table of contents, like every poem has a name. So, you know, you can like go to a certain section if you like that kind of energy. Obviously, pain is a lot heavier than like the other ones. Uh, or, you know, a lot of people use that as an oracle, like, you know, just every day, you just like open to a well, random page. Let's, let's dive on that because I heard you say uh -huh. that about it being an oracle. But then my <laughs> mind went to, okay, I know the first third is pain. I know the middle third is love. And then the last one's purpose. Mm -hmm. So does that influence what I'm going to pick or how, how do you use it? I guess as like an Oracle book per se. Well, I mean, you just got to like, let go of it. You just, you know, wow. I just go in like this really fast. Being too masculine. Then, is that what you're telling me? You're, yeah. You're just overthinking <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like, like I know, I, I know these, I know where these poems are, you know, but like when I'm using it as an Oracle, I'm just letting go of that. And I'm just going, I'm just flipping through back like really fast. And then just like wherever it ends up is going to. Okay. Up, you know, it'll like, but, it'll like shoot out at you, which one yeah. you need to pick up. But like, if you, if somewhere within you, you like, are like, I want a pain poem, like, or I want a purpose poem, like, then you're going to like, probably try and make your hand land towards the end. And like, that's fair too, because somewhere intuitively, you know, you want a purpose poem. So let it be a For purpose sure. poem. You know? So then how do you, so then how do you discern that? Of Is it like, like, if I look at this, it's like, is it that I am feeling pain? I should go to that one. Am I feeling love? Should I go to that one? Am I searching for purpose? Should I go to that one? Or is this kind of just a choose your own adventure? This is like, I mean, look, you can use this book however you want. It's just a book, right? There are no rules. So read it like a book Read it. I mean, if you're, I, somebody asked me like, well, I, I said like, I, I, if I was to tell you what I think, I would read the book from start to finish. And then I would go back and I would just use it as an Oracle every day. Or like, if you just feel like there's a certain poem that you love and I'm like, I want to read that one today, 
then go read it. You know, that's how I use it. But it is a story, you know, from start to, to finish if, if you like want to read it that way. But I think you're too in your head with this. Oh, maybe. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh. like you, you know, it's, it's like anything else. It's like, how do you pull Oracle cards? You don't think about it. You spread them out. You pick, you just pick the ones and they're the correct ones. You know, uh, there's going to be something in there, in there for you. Right. But if, if it's like, I don't know, I mean, I, I think it depends on your personality type too, or just like what you need. Sometimes when I'm really emotional and sad, like I want, I want also an emotional and sad thing. Sometimes I want something uplifting to pull me out, but sometimes I just want to like feel it, you know? So maybe I'll go to pain. Well, because maybe a portion of it is because I want to use this as an Oracle deck right now and actually mm -hmm. read one on the thing. Do you have a favorite one? Let's do that. Do you have a favorite one that you like? I, I have a lot of favorite ones. I have favorite ones like within each section. Okay. Do you have a favorite one for reading on a podcast right now? Um, yeah, I do. Actually. Oh, wow. No, we're doing this one. I landed okay. on this one. It's, it's called good questions. Oh, that's perfect for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I just remembered, I don't think I've read this one yet. Cause on the front of it, you said, keep asking amazing questions. Yeah. That's powerful people do. Okay. We're reading this one. What page is it? It is 223 or 225. Got dark lighting here, so it's hard for me to see. That'd be crazy if it was on 222. Oh, I saw there was a poem called 222. Did you put that on page 222? I didn't, but I love no. that poem as well. I read that one pretty quickly. That was a cool one. It's a good one. All right, okay. so do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? I don't care. What do you want? All right, I'll do it. I got it. <clears throat> good questions. I feel safer asking the questions than being on the other side, but the danger I feel over there also makes me feel so alive. My love language is questions. It's the way I know if you care. The way I respond tells us both. If you, if with you, I'll really go there. There's something about a good question that really opens me up. It's like finding the key to unlock the door that you know has always been shut. So don't be afraid to ask me what you really want to know. It's usually the question we're too scared to ask that takes us where we want to go. <laughs> Fuck, that's good. <laughs> that's so good for you. Oh, Look, see? It ripped me apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ripped you apart. Tell me yeah, more. Tell me more. It's reminding me of uh, past relationships. Is that in the love section? Um. Uh, Holy it shit, is no it's in the um purpose purpose okay perfect um it was reminding me though of like past relationships whenever i what was it being afraid to ask like a certain question or having a certain belief about insecurities where i i would like build up this monster my big one was acne and it was kind of like I always had it as like this thing where I would kind of like get like real sneaky. Like whenever I was like with a girl, I would always kind of like turn my back towards them. So they like, wouldn't see my acne and like, kind of like, you know, exit the room, everything to try to hide it. And I remember asking a girl about it. Like, Hey, like I remember bringing it up or asking her about like acne in general. And she was like, I don't give a shit. I was like, what do you mean? You don't give a shit. And that was like really the first time that, 
I like dove into actually realizing like my own insecurities were like my thing and no one else like gave a shit about the things that I was insecure about. And cause then we had this whole conversation about what she was insecure about. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's amazing about you. It, and it was crazy because it was like this whole thing of like this drummed up monster. But if it's just, you just ask the question, it's like, you know, it can be scary to ask. It'd be scary to like adventure into, but it like, it unlocks like this new chapter or evolution for you. Yeah. Wow. I love that. See, I yeah. love hearing people's, people's connections to it, you know? So cool. that's, that one's perfect for you. I feel like I always tell people like, like when people say, what's your love language? I'm like, questions. I like good questions are my love language. Like literally be, it's exactly what I said in this maybe poem. That's what, maybe that's what I thought it was in the love section. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, you know, are subjective. I put them in the section I wanted them to go in. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I feel like for me, something that has been in in all types of relationships, like difficult for me is I feel like a lot of people don't really ask questions. And to me, when someone's asking me questions about myself, it's because they're interested in me. Like that's how they're expressing an interest, whether that's in any capacity, like they give a shit, they're curious. They want to know more about me. Uh, and to me, if you want to know more about me, then that's like, I care about you, you know? Um, and I've just, you know, have a lot of people in my life who I've met and like, they don't ask me any questions about myself. And I'm like, this is really weird right? Like I'm asking all these questions about you because I'm curious about you and you're never asking me anything about me. And to me, I take that as a sign of like, oh, I guess you don't really care to learn about me because if you care, you're going to want to learn about me. Um, so I always say like, that's my love language. That's how I know if somebody gives a shit is if they're asking, asking Mm -hmm. questions. Well, I think it's so true. Right. And it's interesting. (laughs) I mean, I think there's so much truth to it. (laughs) I guess I'm not trying to call you a liar. but... (laughs) Uh, But I remember like kind of like along my journey, whenever I was like a little bit more, less like socially, less socially inept or conversational. It was like that barrier was the questions. Like I wasn't trying to learn much about other people. It was like more of this like internal bravado of, you know, everyone should be asking me about myself, but it's interesting because it's like one of those, like you get, you get what you give kind of thing. Like if you want people to ask about you, you should ask about them, you know, and Mm -hmm. it should be this like mutual exchange. And, and it's honestly a beautiful way to figure out who does care, right? Like if you're sitting there asking all these questions and then they're not, you ask them about their business, their like life, their hobbies, and then they aren't going off it and like asking you the same thing. It's like, okay, is this really someone you want to be around? Mm-hmm. No, 100%. Um, yeah, I have had that a lot. I think especially in dating, that's like my clearest. That's a really common thing. You know, I'll just say like, I work with a lot of women uh, and like we talk about dating and relationships all the time. Like that's like the main topic of conversation. Every iteration of my business, it's, you know, you're always talking about relationships and every, this is like the main female complaint. It's like, how come guys don't ever ask you any questions? And obviously there are many men who do, right? <laughs> Uh, but it's like a very common thing of like to go on a date and you're like, I'm carrying the whole conversation. Right. Um, and especially when you're a podcast host, right. And you're just used to asking a lot of questions and other people aren't, aren't used to it. Um, so, you know, whenever I notice somebody asks good questions, I'm like, Oh, this is somebody I could have an actual, this is an actual conversation. It's two-sided. 
you know? Mm. So I don't know how much of that is like, cause it comes across as like self-interest, like just self-interested, you know, like I just care about myself when that's not actually usually what's going on. It's usually just like, they're not used to asking a lot of questions for what, for whatever reason. Um, or they're just not like used to being asked so many questions. Like a lot of people, like I've never, no one's ever asked me this much. So they just keep receiving it. So it's just an interesting conversation. I find here's, here's an interesting thing with like relationships and questions as well. I feel like I, I never really like ask questions. I don't think that really dive into like, like their family, for instance, like how many brothers, Mm -hmm. sisters, what's the relationship with your parents? I mean, and so like, I could kind of tell you who people are kind of like at a general sense, but then it always kind of strikes me as odd because, and I think my mom usually asks me questions about that other people and like, well, what's their family dynamic? Like who are their, who are their brother and sisters? How many siblings? And it's like, it's interesting to me because it's almost like the, the physical items don't really come up or interest me. Is that like a, a dynamic that you've seen as well, where the questions changing between like who is in your life versus, and as I'm speaking this out loud, I see the importance of it, but maybe the questions of like, you know, how many siblings do you have versus like knowing you or knowing someone at like a deeper level of, okay, good questions is your love language. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that the questions that you gravitate toward first, like naturally, you know, are, are going to be indicative of what values and things are most important to you. Like whatever you're looking for most in, in a romantic partner or in a friendship, like whatever questions you're asking first, you're going to go for the things that are what you want to know of like, is this a potentially a good match? You know? So for me, I'm the same way of like, if I'm first getting to know somebody, like I, I usually like forget about that stuff. Like, you know, how many siblings do you have? Or like, what, like I'm getting to other stuff first just to kind of like pre-qualify, right? And because if we can get to the other stuff, great, cool. So then let, tell me more about what's going on there, right? So like my order of operations is maybe different than somebody else or maybe somebody else, one of their top mm-hmm. priorities is I want somebody who's, I don't know, like comes from a big family or they're really close with their parents or like some people like that's a top priority for them, you know, versus my top priorities are like, do you talk to your spirit guides? You know, like, is that okay? Uh, are you doing personal work? Like, is this person do like personal development, like real, real work, you know? So it tends to be a different conversation straight off the bat. And then I get to other things later. So I think it's just like, you know, whatever you, whatever seems most important to you personally, which is a preference. And I think also, you know, in earlier generations, like I think about like our parents' generation, you know, like when you're looking for a romantic partner, for instance, the questions you're asking, like the order in which you're asking them is going to be indicative of like, you know, based on that, that generation of like, what am I looking for in a partner? Right. Like Mm -hmm. what's their family like, like, can they, like what's, or can they provide for me? Like, are we, is this going to make sense logically? Where are you from? Like, what's your career? Like, will this work logically? Right. And that was more of the, the first thing we got to make sure the logic's going to work. And then it was more of the emotional stuff like secondary. And I think our generation is much because logic isn't as important. Like, you know, people, I could be in a long distance relationship. There's the internet, like we're less worried about that. Um, and if you're here listening to this, you're the type of person where it's probably the most important thing for you is, can this person meet me emotionally, intellectually in conversation? Because I can't just, I can't have dry conversations, right? It's just not going to do it for me. So if that's your top priority, then that's what you're going to be going for, you know, first. And so I find, yeah, I'm, I'm similar where it's kind of like, that's not the first thing I'm 
I'm going for, but I can also tell to be, if I'm being honest, um, if let's say I went on a date with somebody and, you know, we're sitting down like, so like, where are you from? How many siblings do you have? What do your parents do? And that's the first thing they're asking me. I can kind of tell like, okay, we might be different kinds of people because that's the first thing, you know, not always, but, uh, I can just sort of tell like, you know, if that's where your brain is going first, that's the first thing you want to know about me. Uh, then we might kind of just think differently. Gotcha. No, it's, that's obviously a really, it's really powerful observation because I know that I've had, how do I want to articulate this? Not insecurities, but maybe self doubt of knowing people whenever I get hit with those types of questions and, and you then approach it of like, well, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how many siblings they have. I don't know, you know, what their parent status is. I don't know what these things are. And, and I, I feel like that's so important, especially probably for this audience specifically, even more so because if you're like, it, it, it almost, it gives this feeling of thinking that you don't truly know who you're talking to because you don't know the answers to the questions that maybe somebody in your life cares about the answers to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's like, what does it mean to really know someone? Right. And you know, what I will say is like, I can have a cover. I think about people who, who I have a session with. Okay. And in one hour, people will tell me, people have said this to me gazillion times. Holy shit. After one hour, you know me better than anybody in my whole life. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. And they say that they feel, they feel that, right. They'll say that to me. And I, and I look at that person, I'm like, yeah, I know you intimately. Right. Like whenever you do this type of work with somebody, like it's an intimate relationship, you know, it's, it's really personal stuff. It's like your deepest fears and insecurities and biggest blocks and biggest dreams. And like all of that stuff, a lot of the stuff you don't tell anyone else, right. Or it doesn't come up much. And, but, and like, no, that person will say that to me. And I'm like, yeah, we, I know you very, very well. Right. And they leave. And you know what I don't know about them? I don't necessarily, I don't know what their parents do. I don't know how many siblings they have. I mean, maybe if it came up, you know, but it's probably just around one sibling who's annoying them, you know, something like that. <laughs> it's like all of those logistics, I don't necessarily know. And I don't need to like, I, like just, just to really know that person. Right for me, I tend, I personally tend to establish like a deep emotional connection with somebody and get to know like, you know, what's going on in their emotional, mental, energetic space. And then I'm starting to learn about the other things. I think the other things are really important, right? Like, I want to know like, you know, who, who do you spend a lot of time with? You know, who's important to you in your life? I, like, what is your relationship with your parents? Um, you know, because I, that, that is important to me. Like it, to be honest, like I think about for a romantic relationship, like I, we have to be okay with what each other's relationships with our families are like, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Um, you know, and that could go so many different directions, but like that, that's a real part of my, you know, my life or my friends or like, you know, my work, you know, to me, like my work, it's like what I do is a more tangible thing, but that's also so much who I am. And also the logistics related to that is a big piece of me, you know, how I'm spending my days and like what my schedule is like generally, you know? So like those things are important. Um, I think it's all important. I just, you know, tend to go for the other things first. I think it depends, you know, how long you've known someone too. 
there's definitely a lot of factors that go into it. And maybe the whole crux of it is to just not put weight on not knowing someone because you don't know the answers to certain questions about them that other people hold in higher regards to others or hold in higher regards to themselves than you do about yourself. But you know what I think is interesting? It's like just getting curious about like, why is that what we want to know individually? You know, like, like if I, let's say I am telling my parents like, oh, I met this amazing person. Like, you know, we do all this fun stuff. He makes me feel like always, like I feel so seen and understood. He's super supportive, blah, blah, blah. And my, my, a parent, my mom or something is like, which she doesn't do this, but I'm just giving this an example. Uh, she, like, let's say she was like, well, what do his parents do? Well, how much money does he make? Right. Like my, my mom would never ask that, but like, I'm just giving an example. Like no, that immediately is telling, yeah, like my, that immediately would give me an indication. If I just ask, like, why does she care about that? And like, why is that the first thing she's asking? Like, why is the first thing she's asking what, what the relationship is with the parents, you know, or, or like what they do? Like, I'm like, oh, that, that is indicating to me a certain priority she has, but just because it's a priority she has doesn't mean it's mine. Right. And, and I think what you're highlighting right there is perfect example, because I think maybe myself, I would have taken, if I said, I don't know to those answers, it would have disrupted confidence in myself of. The, of if this person is truly someone that I care about, you know, or, mm-hmm. or like, it's like, Oh shit, do I, I don't, I don't know what their parents do. I don't know how much money they make. Like, do I actually care about this person? You know, it's that it's almost taking on their priorities as your own, as opposed to understanding what you're looking for in a relationship and kind of moving from that energy, as opposed to taking on theirs and being like, Oh shit. Like, I don't, I don't know those things. Like, do I, do I care about this person? Is this person important? Is this person I want to see again? Yeah. Well, we have to look at, <laughs> this is like my whole next book, like what it's about. Um, but <laughs> well, it's a good little prelude to it. <laughs> what, what, what do we connect over? You know, the problem in a lot of relationships up until this point is people connect and build relationships over surface level shit. <laughs> it's not about real soul resonance. And that's why the relationships don't work out. That's why the relationships stay surface level. Right. And like, that's what most people are, are, have been taught, you know, because what used to be the priority was like, like, you know, marriages were business arrangements back in the day. Right. Or mm-hmm. just like logistics, like who's going to, who's going to have my child, right. Who's right. going to be able to provide for me. And then we move into like something kind of similar of like, does this make sense? Like, can they provide for me? Do they take care of me? Right. In whatever way that is, does this person look good on my arm, like whatever it is, <laughs> you know? And then it's like, Oh, how, what do we connect over? Oh, we both have, you know, we both are from this place. We both like to do this hobby. You know, we both come from this type of family, right? We both share this in common. And what's really cool now is, and and I think that's what, you know, if we think, if we look at how, especially it's really cool how different cultures are like mixing now and like different relationships, you're seeing different cultures come together. It's because people are like not just connecting over surface level stuff right? Like we don't have to come from the same place or have the same traditions to have a lot in common and to like have deep soul resonance to be able to really see and understand and love each other on a like really deep level. You know, and I think like we're getting to this space that's really cool where uh, we're able to prioritize that now more than ever before, where there are a lot more, I think things historically, like in older times where that wasn't even allowed to be a priority, 
You know, it was it just wasn't even allowed to be. And now we can have these we we have so much more information and we have a lot more freedom and just ways to connect with people in a, in different ways and so we can get to know people on a deeper emotional level and we can connect over much deeper things. You know? And and maybe even more so, not even just allowed, but like the 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 environment, the social landscape just didn't even didn't even provide opportunity for it, right? I mean, if you're totally worried about so many different things, you don't have time to think about, okay, like what's my soul like trying to articulate here and yeah. trying to figure out on my path? It's it's like, nah, it's like, where's the next dollar coming from? Where am I ne- making my next buck? It's like, hey, do you want to have kids? Okay, you want kids? Okay, let's just get together and have kids when we'll just do that thing and just get that all figured out because we have so much other shit to worry about with like our money and you know, mm-hmm. whether or not this country is going to war with this country. And if we're going to get nuked, are they getting nuked? And so it's interesting. We come to maybe all this. Wow. That's actually really crazy because, you know, I've had this kind of thing through my traveling where like first world countries seem to be almost the most unhappy. Like you go to third world countries and they're so much more hospitable. They're so much kinder people that just want to help. And it almost feels like in the first world countries, we got past the issue of worrying about all like the little bullshit. And it's almost like we do need that probably spiritual renaissance of some sort to come about so that we can still find gratitude and appreciation in all of these little things that we experience on a day-to-day basis, because we no longer have a tiger in the jungle that we need to worry about. Mm -hmm. We're in a very insulated and very safe space i mean you know it's the safest it's really been in the longest time and i know it's not perfect it's always getting better but you know it 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 really wow it really is that 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 these first world countries need to almost have this spiritual renaissance within them in order to become a more harmonious and loving place because otherwise we're going to just make everything out to be this next tiger in the jungle Yeah. I mean, I think there's like, Uh, did we lose your voice again? (laughs) Hold on. Do we need to stop it and restart? Can you hear me now? All right. I'll stop the recording. We can restart (laughs) too high of energy, I guess. We just keep getting kicked off. Um, I don't even know what, what we were saying, but yeah, I think we have like, we have this space. We have the space. We have the luxury of like having like, space to prioritize different things. You know, I think I was just thinking about this. I was watching um one of those British royalty shows on Netflix, you know? And I like, you know, there's all I love Bridgerton, like all that, all that stuff. And like, you know, most of that is not true. But like I am so grateful that I am in a space where like I get to choose my husband. And if I chose not to have a husband or if I chose not to have kids, I wouldn't be cast out by society. You know, like I'm like it's very fortunate that like to live at at this at this time you know and then even just um with the access we have like with the internet we can meet different people right before we were much more limited by who was around me you know you i only know who's in my community who's in who lives on, on my street who like lives was close to me in my neighborhood, right? That's all I knew. And so those were my pool of options. Uh, so I'm just gonna like, you know, who's the best fit for me here. But now it's like, because we have so many more options, which obviously there are downsides to that. There are also pros of now we can be pickier of like, I'm, 
I'm going to find somebody I have a deep emotional intellectual connection with, or like, I'm going to prioritize whatever I really want to prioritize, you know, and there are pros and cons to all the options. But I feel that, you know, we just, we have a lot more opportunities to connect on much deeper levels now um, because of resources. For sure. And this kind of ties into something I was thinking about. When was I thinking about it? I don't know. Sometime before now about making spirituality maybe more accessible. Because to me, it feels like it's a heavy topic. At least it very well can be, right? We're talking about channeling. We're talking about different dimensions, aliens. And it's like, sometimes people are just trying to figure out shit that's going on in their day-to-day life. So to even think about aliens is a luxury in and of itself. So with this idea of like a spiritual, let's say first world renaissance, have you ever considered or thought about how to inject more maybe play or fun into it because this is something that I've been seeing a lot and I've been looking at the landscape of podcasts and it seems that it tends to be a very heavy subject that doesn't get a whole lot of mainstream attention. And my thought process is, is that it's likely because it is a heavy and tough can be at least maybe it can be difficult for the average person to conceptualize or discuss. So have you ever considered or thought about what could be, put into spirituality to make it more fun, more upbeat. Maybe it's just a charismatic person, but I don't know. Oh, 100%. I mean, like <laughs> I, I feel really strongly about this. It's why I don't actually have that many like spiritual, like a lot of, I, I'm not really in the spiritual community. Like I'm not really like friends with a lot of people in the spiritual community. Uh, I mean, I just have some, but everybody's so freaking serious. And like, I know people will tell me like, that's a priority for me. Uh, people will tell me who are like in my communities that like one of the reasons why they resonate with me is because like I'm not a super serious person. Like I can be serious, but I deliver, I have a very dry sense of humor. I'm sarcastic. And like the way I deliver stuff is funny. Like I make people laugh a lot, you know, uh, and my interaction with my guides makes people laugh. Like people will tell me they're like watching my YouTube videos when I'm channeling and they're like, I'm literally crying laughing. Like this is so fucking funny, Hmm. you know? And for me, that's super important. That's my personality. And, and, and you can take anything. You can take anything. It's spirituality, but any industry, any topic. And like, you can make it this really serious, intense thing. Or you can make it fun and like play with it. And to me, spirituality is the most fun thing. It's like life is magic. Like life is literally magical. Like I'm living in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, right? I'm like riding a magic carpet like I'm Aladdin. Like life is like that. And so it's a really fun thing. And to me, it's not like an issue of what the topic is. It's an issue of like, what's the, what's the delivery and how, how are we communicating about it? You know, so I can take any topic and I can be really serious about it or I can like have fun with it and, and play around with it. And then, you know, if we're, we're guiding people through experiences, like if you want to inject that play into it, then that's a choice, you know? So I don't think it's like an issue of like, I think spirituality is really heavy and really dense. Um, and I think that's because people are choosing to make it that way, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just Mm -hmm. like anything else. Interesting. Yeah, because I think that's definitely something that I've been looking at pretty recently and thinking that it's something that this space I feel like needs more of. It seems like something that this space needs that like air of relaxation behind it versus this whole like, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, it's interesting how so many people make it heavier than it needs to be. But that's cool. That's cool that you're at least at least heading that way of injecting that sarcasm and humor into it. And 
and I guess I'm hoping to do the same. And it's probably why I made this uh, joyful, joyful peace, you know, yeah. intention the other night. Well, and that can just be like a choice you make, you know, and I think for me, sometimes I'm having conversations with people and like, there's always that choice of like, do I meet them at that the frequency they're holding right now? Or do I hold my own and like try and force them to, to be on my wavelength in this moment in terms of how we're communicating about this, knowing that maybe they'll calibrate to me, knowing that maybe they will not. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I'll just be the one laughing about it and they're going to be like really serious, you know? So I think there's a choice we, we can make. And especially, um, you know, for me, if I have a guest on my show for you with guests on your show, like, you're the one who's who's setting the tone, right? Like the the host is the one who's basically who's setting the container. And sometimes I get on podcasts and I mean we're friends, right? So I don't I'm just like being like we're just chilling. But like sometimes I get on a podcast, you know, and it's somebody I've never met before. And I immediately like I am trying to tell, like I'm just kind of let I'm letting them lead, right? Because they know their audience and they know like the energy of the show. So For I'm sure. always letting the host that like, kind of lead the energy. And some people are much more lighthearted and kind of like, you know, we're shooting the shit. Other people, it's just very intense, very serious thing. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, and and I can just kind of tell based on their questions, you know? Uh, and and I try to just honor that of whatever the energy of the show is, because if somebody's tuning into that consistently, it's probably what resonates with them. But I think like if you know, for all of us who want it to not be so serious, because our responsibility of like, I'm going to set my containers up to be at this frequency, you know, like, so I do that intentionally of like every container I'm setting. And that could be, that's a, those are paid containers, but those are also, um, you know, like podcasts and things like that, or YouTube, like I'm, I'm setting the energy, right? So what do I want it to feel like? And what I know for myself in my own journey is like, this path is, is not easy. It's, there's a lot of deep work. There's a lot of deep thinking. There's a lot of intense thoughts. And I have to have a balance with other stuff. You know, people who know me in my personal life, like I am like super goofy, super weird, not serious, always laughing. Like I'm constantly laughing about everything. And I, I, I love being that way. If I was serious all the time, I would be bored. I wouldn't feel good, you know? And for me, it's like, I'm conscious of it because I take like a book like this, right? If I'm doing a deep dive, like we have a deep dive series on this where I'm like, you know, going through page by page and breaking this down, it's intense, you know, it's intense. And so I know I can't even do that level of intensity for that long. So I'm going to inject my own bit of humor into it. You know, if I'm doing a deep dive call, I'm the next day probably going to make some type of YouTube video or whatever that's like a lot lighter. And I'm just like joking around, screwing around. And I I think that people learn best through humor, to be honest. You know, there's a reason why that resonates and like people really can are able to receive information that way. And that is something that I mean, since I was young, my guides always told me, they said, like, never lose your sense of humor, you know, like, like, make sure that you're always bringing that into everything you do. And it's, it's so other, like, it helps other people, but it's also for my own sanity, you know, because like, if we can't have fun with it, there's no, there's no point. Oh, for sure. No, that was for sure. Something I think that was, I don't want to say bogging me down, but something I was trying to reconcile myself where. Mm if you have these two, three hour conversations with people and it's very serious, like just weighs on you energetically. And at the end of the day, it was like, you know, it's like, I I would have to like take an hour to myself to just like chill the fuck out and like let all that energy go. And then there was this other element and I don't know, I'm hesitating to go into this. I don't know why, why I'm hesitating to go there. I'm hesitating to go there because this feels like it's coming from a place of ego. 
humbly, as humbly as I can say, there's a desire in me. And honestly, it got to this place of like this inner knowing where I see myself as being someone who's at the top of like the top of top podcast charts in general. It's just like this thing that I want and there's this internal knowing. And I, I think this is where that fun is kind of coming back into it of you know, why are there no spirituality at the top of these charts? Why in the top 10 of all podcasts, is it like some chick talking about sex, some dude who just randomly talks about jokes, you know, a scientist, people who talk about the NFL and sports. And so to me, you know, it was trying to dissect this idea of like, why is there no spirituality in like the top 10? And I I think there's this element of like that fun. And then I don't know the other reason I brought that up. Maybe I just wanted to say that, but I'm not well, sure where else I was trying to go with that. Well, let me add some to that. I think like <sighs> there's just a numbers piece to that of like if you look at you know the eight billion people on the planet and like what pod like what are most where are the most of those people vibrating and what are the most sure. of them searching like the those of us who are having these conversations like we're in our, our own bubbles right where it's like everybody in my world is like on this wavelength this is everything around me but like i am well aware that like 98% of the population has no fucking idea what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> right so just like you're logist- a crazy chick that probably needs to go to an insane asylum yeah right you know so it's like lo- like just logistically number wise i would be shocked if there was a spirituality podcast on the on top 10 general of itunes like just be just from a numbers perspective until way more of the planet wakes up it's but it's like that's what it's like to be at the leading edge of anything right like that's what any any scientist doctor researcher who like made the biggest discovery that was life-changing ever they were the one percent that thought that was legit everybody else was like no why would we think about that research that look into that like you're crazy you know so to me there's just like a numbers piece i mean to me it's i would think more about like you know, top 10 of spirit, the spirituality genre in general is would seem more important because those are the people who can actually take what you're hearing, you know? But the other piece is, I think like if it's draining for you, then that's telling you something about maybe how like your, your show wants to shift. You know, I always know that however I feel in the podcast is how my audience is feeling, right? So if it's a really heavy topic and I can barely get through it, then like they're probably not going to be able to barely get through it. And like, I feel that, I mean, if, especially you have such long shows, like you have plenty of space to like, maybe that's some, there's something in you that wants, like you have plenty of space to have plenty of areas to like ask lighter questions, you know, like, just like, like going in a totally different direction and asking lighter questions. I mean, I start all my episodes with like, just like light kind of silly, but still valuable questions. Like I ask you, like, what's your morning routine, right? Like what's a product you're really loving right now? Like just really light things. Cause we're going to have plenty of the episode to go deep. And it's like just getting people warmed up. It's like a little bit lighter, more digestible, you know? So I do that intentionally. And then in an episode, like if I have an opportunity to ask like, you know, a really like light or silly question, I'll do it. And I think like, I mean, you have space if you wanted to have a whole, you could have a whole hour of like just screwing around. You know, oh, for sure. But no, I think that's something that I've been trying to get more into. I mean, yeah, I, we didn't we didn't really do it with this one because you've been mm-hmm. on the show before. So, yeah. like, you know, the first time I had you on, we talked about like, what was the first thing you wanted to be when you grew up? You yeah. Know? And, yeah. But I, I, I do think there's truth. And again, this goes back to my intention that I had last night going to bed, which was, you know, how can I if I were always joyful, dot, dot, dot. And it's, you know, again, it comes back to that, like, if I want to 
to create a spiritual podcast that's more joyful, more fun, more interactive, I need to align with that and embody it myself before I'm able to even create that on this physical existence first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's like, I don't know. I always joke around like there's a lot of spiritual people in San Diego. (laughs) There's all kinds of them. And uh, there are the groups that are just so serious. Oh my gosh. Everything is so like, so serious and everything. Is that what? you don't want, you don't want the flawful. Is that a past life trauma thing? Like, like, I'm like, really? Right. And then there are other spiritual people who are like, you know, you don't even know. Everybody's just like having fun and like laughing. And it's just like actually pure joy. And it's like a totally different frequency. Uh, and so it's like, there are so many ways you can do anything, you know, but I think that also like just, well, I know energy shift and change, right? And there are, there are periods where what people are craving and what we can be craving individually is more information, education, like we want to get in there. And then there are also periods like in the collective energy and in, in individually where like information overload, you know? And I know I go through these phases personally, like, I mean, I think most people right now are, are in information overload. And I know for me, the type of content I consume personally, I don't consume anything heavy. Like I, my content consumption is I'm watching like, you know, Christmas cartoons, Christmas movie cartoons at this point in my life. I am watching like, um, morning routine videos on YouTube or I'm on Pinterest looking at clothes and like stupid shit just to like, I, I don't like to consume information. It's just too much. You know, I just like the fluffy stuff. My whole Pinterest is just people pouring lattes or something about that. That is so, <laughs> so satisfying. Like watching people make lattes. I don't know why it just, it just hits a spot for me, you know, like food porn. Like I just love all that stuff where like I watch cat videos on Instagram. Like that is what I consume. I just don't have the space for other stuff, like to be honest, you know? Um, sure. And so I think that that balance really is, is important. And I think a lot more people are kind of gravitating for that. I mean, I feel like my, the, my best performing content is always like what I think is least valuable. <laughs> That's the craziest thing too. I've had that yeah. conversation with people as well, where the most powerful information that they have, I've heard even just well-known people talk about it. The most powerful information they have is like in the videos that have the least amount of views possible. Mm-hmm. And that, that blows my mind. Like, I know. I, I mean, it makes sense based on what we're saying, right? It makes sense based on if, you know, the vibrations at a certain place that that information is going to get buried because people don't give a shit about it. They want to consume the stuff that makes them feel good in the moment. Mm-hmm. And Man, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's also a shift I need to find within this podcast as well. I mean, it's such a mind fuck for me. Like, and and what I've learned from it is I just don't judge anything. You know, I just like let whatever's coming through coming through. And I just don't I just don't judge it because all of the things I've ever put out where I'm like, that was gold. Like that is going to like people are gonna love this. It's like no one watches it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then I'll put something out and I'll and you know what's so funny? Sometimes I'll be like, I feel like that was really like dumb. Like I feel like that was just not helpful. Like uh and I'll be like, maybe I'll just take it down. You know, and and it's always the ones I'm like, maybe I'll just take it down because it's a waste of space on the internet. And those are the ones that like get like all the highest numbers. And I'm just like, I don't even know anymore. So I'm just gonna not judge it and just let it let it sit out there. Just go with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean it seems like 
I, I mean, and there's probably a life lesson in there somewhere of just not overthinking it, just putting in kind of the, just doing what feels right. right? Just, like in, yeah. And just like trying less, you know, like just trying less. Just, we need, a lot of us are just trying way too fucking hard. And like, we want it. It's because we want it, Christina. I know. But then we think that we have to try so hard to get it. And that's the problem. And like in trying so hard, we're creating so much resistance, we can't get it. And the thing is, your life becomes so much easier when you're just like having fun, you know, like every day. That's when you're most magnetic or like my business, anytime in my business I've tried (laughs) has been my lowest numbers. And anytime I'm like, I don't give a shit, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. That is when my business has like take like taken off those are always my highest periods of time you know just i just think we people try so hard and then that is what gets in, in the way and the same thing with spirituality like you don't need to do all of these things to be a spiritual person right like you don't and people become so regimented every day and it's like it turns into a to-do list i'm waking up i'm i'm chanting I'm making my elixir. I'm writing my affirmations. Then I'm then I'm doing my manifestation work in this journal, and then I'm doing that. And it's like the five hour morning routine. It's all serious, and it's not even something they want to do. It's just something they think they should do to be spiritual. And you know when your gifts will open up and your intuition will be loud is when you just throw it all out the window and you're like, I'm just gonna have fun. <laughs> it's the best vibration to be in, too. It is. It is. So it's just it's trying less. Is the answer. It seems like that comes up a lot. Just doing a little bit less, not pushing your head against the wall, just kind of taking the foot off the gas a little bit. And mm-hmm. just, it's weird though. Cause like, I mean, and maybe it's a, it's something with the over masculine energy or something. I mean, myself, it's like, if I'm not doing something, it's like, you know, nothing's going to get done. It's like, fuck <laughs> dude, like just chill. But like, why, why would nothing get done? Because I'm not doing it. I'm not seeing it being done. Okay, but like if you're not, why are you assuming that you have to do it for things to happen? I mean, I know the Why are you not, like, like, I'm, like, the thing is, this is, this is when you still, you still think you're in it by yourself. You still think that, like, you have to manually do it for the thing to get produced versus, like, the answer is programming. Yeah. Well, I don't even care about what the actual answer is. Okay. Like it doesn't matter what the actual <laughs> okay. answer is, right? The the point it's a, the question is the point. The question is like, wait, why am I not letting, you know what, what I do every morning, whatever I want to create in my business that day, I sit down, I meditate, I send out a telepathic message. I ask my spirit guides and you know what happens is I will have messages in my inbox of people asking Hey, are you offering this anytime soon? Hey, do you have any more spots? Hey, when are you doing your retreat? Great idea. And then I throw it up and then it gets filled. Simple, right? So like, I I don't need to go making it happen. I need to set my intention and allow myself to receive it, right? But that's because like, if I had to be the one to do all of the work to get everything done, there is no way I would be able to do everything I do no way. (laughs) Right. So the same way that people will pay for ads and let ads work for them and reach way more people than they could ever do manually. Right. Like 
let your spirit guides do it. Let your energy do it. I always say my best marketing tool is in the dream space. This is intentional. This is not like some random thing that happens to me. Okay. I'm, I do most of my work energetically on my business. It's how I do everything. And most people, because I always, as often as I can, I always am asking people like, how did you find me? Or like, how'd you find this offer or whatever? Cause I just want that data. Most of the time it is someone saying, I had never heard of you and you came to me in a dream and told me I needed to sign up for XYZ. What? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm so serious right now. Uh, and it's, what? it's so, it's a real thing. By name? Like, 100%. Yeah. I come in. Imagine and, by name? Yeah. And then they go, I think, so, so I searched you and I found, I found, yeah, you were running the software. Like people will tell me, yeah, you came to my dream and you said like, I need to sign up for your abundance accelerator program. Or you came in and you, you said I had to, I should join your membership. And like, you would have the answers in the membership, uh, oh you know, gosh. and that, and this, yeah, this is why, this is why, this is why witches were burned at stakes in the 1700s. Because <laughs> we're too powerful, right? I guess so. <laughs> There's something going on there. But, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't have to do it all myself like that. Like, oh, my gosh. You know, and here's the thing. Putting out one more. Like, what would I be doing? Right. Putting out one more piece of content is not going to do anything. Doesn't really move the needle too much. Right. So it's like, what's actually moving the needle? And that could be I mean, different and, for everybody. I'll even I'll even I'll even elaborate on that. Right. Is because I've had plenty of content that's gone viral and mm-hmm. i mean you know speaking monetarily speaking podcast numbers like those are the two things that like you know i really care about podcast mm-hmm. numbers have gone up but like monetarily not too much has changed like a couple things here a couple things there and so mm-hmm. it really kind of comes back to what you're saying is like there's this almost false perception this false reality perception of you know, if you have all these numbers, then you're going to have all this money. Or if you have all these numbers, it's going to fix all these other different things. And yeah, I really like, I like yeah. what you're saying here. I'm well, picking it up. here's the thing. I mean, I could go off on this forever. Like when I was doing business coaching, you know, people would always ask, how do I grow my following? How do I grow? And I'm like, do you want bigger numbers or do you want to make money? <laughs> because the, what I will suggest, like I, what I will suggest for growing your audience will be different than what I'm suggesting. If you want to make money, two different things. Okay. Like you don't need big numbers to make a lot of money. You don't at all. Most of the people, like the people I know who make the most money don't have huge numbers. And I have worked behind the scenes of, I mean, like I have always had way smaller numbers than a lot of people around me. And I make like literally like a hundred X, a lot of those people. Right. But I've also worked behind the scenes with a lot of people who have huge followings, right. Huge podcasts, huge Instagram, huge YouTube. And like, those are the people who would come to me for coaching and they're not making any money because it's two different things. It's two different things, you know? So then it's like, well, well, what is it that you want? It doesn't like whichever one you want is fine. It doesn't matter. But like, it's a different it's a different energy to hold. It's different work to do. It's different thoughts to have. It's different priorities. If you're looking to increase, you know, like financially versus numbers, different things. I can for sure, I can for sure attest to that because I know, I know that my intentions were set around. It's weird because like subconsciously it was like, Oh, I want money, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but then I was like almost not putting those as my intentions. My intentions was the following. It was the views. It was the generating an audience. And it's like, but, but, but I was like, but where's the money? 
It's like, mm-hmm. but you didn't ask for the money. You asked for the followers, not the money. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like different That's things, powerful. you know? And like, I know for like for me, I'll go through phases of like, I'm putting out a lot of stuff. Like I'm all over social media, whatever. And then I go through phases where like, no one knows where I am. I'm gone. Um, because I have a different intention in that season. And there are seasons where I'm interacting or I'm talking to people where I'm you know, just like putting my energy out. I'm growing like that. Those are, there are periods where we're growing numbers and then there are different periods where we're making money. <laughs> like that's the main focus. Like obviously money's always coming in, but like there, in those periods are usually when I'm MIA because I'm doing the stuff, you know, that I need to do because I'm focusing on attracting in money. Right. So it's, it's a different, it's a different thing. Well then help me out here with this because in my mentality, maybe I'm wrong here. Ma- money is more of a masculine energy and doing is in masculine energy. So is there not a correlation between needing to do to make money? I mean, because I, I'm on board. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to dive into what you're saying of, you know, people will just come to me asking, but where's, where's like the disconnect that I'm seeing here with like masculine energy doing and money. Well, with everything like, Okay. Yeah. Money is a supportive energy. It's masculine energy, but like for us to attract in anything, there's a balance of masculine and feminine energy. So there's a balance of aligned action, right? Taking aligned action, being clear with goals, like like putting things out, setting up containers for us to receive money. And then there's also the balance of the feminine energy of actually receiving it, right? Being able to receive it. So when I'm saying like, I'm doing the things I need to do, um, to make money because I already have structure set up. A lot of times what I need to do is I need to meditate, uh, or I need to get a lot of massages and my nails done. Like I need to take time Mm -hmm. off. I need to have a vacation and that's what I need to do to make money. So like when, when money is coming in, it's because I'm in receiving mode. So when I'm in receiving mode, I'm often like offline, like doing my thing, like just chilling, you know, living my life, having fun, uh, relaxing, resting, whatever. And that is when the money actually has the space to come in because I'm in receiving. With money specifically, a lot of people are so in masculine energy. They're doing, 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 and they're never shifting into the energy of receiving. So the money never comes in, which is why a lot of times when people go on vacation, that's when they manifest a lot of money because they finally have put themselves in a vibrational space to actually receive. You know, So there's a balance of both of those. And there's also the understanding of it's not just doing, but it's whatever I am doing it, like whatever the action is, is it actually in alignment of like with me getting the, the thing I want, you know? And so a lot of times the people's action, what they're putting out isn't even in alignment with the actual result they want. Like what we were just saying of like, maybe the action is they're doing all these things and they're building, they're growing in their numbers in terms of their audience. They have a lot of followers or whatever, but that action isn't necessarily in alignment with you receiving money. Right. So it's like, whatever my intention is, I need to be clear that the action is in alignment with that thing, not something else. Right. So like, it's like, how do I, how I have to have the masculine structure. I have to, I'm going to do, I'm going to take aligned action and have containers for the money to come into, but then I'm also going to, I have to also be in my feminine so that I can actually receive my manifestation. Gotcha. It's a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Because sitting in the feminine isn't something that I'm very commonly comfortable with. And so it's, it's, it's an interesting reflection of like this parallel between the catch 22. So is it almost just even just stepping away from the business, stepping away from it to let, whatever the groundwork you've laid out to just like do its thing. 
Yeah, totally. So it's like, I mean, I like, let's say I'm launching something, right? I always tell people, it's like, okay, so you have the period before is when you're in your masculine energy. Like, let's say I'm launching something um, and I'm, I'm setting everything up. So I'm getting everything ready. I'm writing, let's say I'm writing marketing emails. I'm writing a couple posts. I'm creating some graphics. I'm going to share my stories, whatever it is. I'm, you know, recording something in my podcast. Um, like I'm get, I'm basically putting the offer out there, right? So I'm getting all of that set up and then did I lose you? Yeah, oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. I lost okay. you for a second. <laughs> um, gotta love it. Gotta love it. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm setting things up. I'm doing, I'm setting up, you know, I'm going to do a marketing email, podcast, Instagram posts, graphics. Like I'm in my doing phase, but then the week that I, and I'm doing that all ahead of time, but then the week I'm actually launching when it's all going out, that's already been scheduled. I'm not doing, that is the week I schedule self-care every single day. I'm resting. I'm sleeping a lot. I'm taking baths. I'm doing nature walks. I'm chilling. I'm meditating. I'm watching funny movies. Uh, launch week, I'm always in receiving so that the money can come in, right? So I'm balancing those out equally. And what people do is they're launching something and they're like going, going, going within it. And they basically just shut the door to actually receiving much. So it's usually, it's a whole lot harder for them to actually bring the money in. Gotcha. It's being able to figure out that balance of feminine energy with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you have, but you have processes though, or you have items like your community that you leave open all the time, right? Like the accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I signed up for that a while ago, but I don't know that I completed it. So I got to get back on that. Check you out that complete it. activation accelerator, <laughs> the 30 day. Yeah. Um, is it still available there? Or do I need to like re-sign up to get the emails? No, it's all, it should all be there. Um, okay. Depending on when you signed up, we moved it into like the Ascension Actor, we moved into a portal, so it might have just been moved, but okay. um, that's totally free. So anybody listening, like you can sign up. Um, so it, it's might be just in the portal now, but you have access okay. to it. Yeah, I'll get back. I'll get back to that. Um, but but even as an example, right? Like that's already set up and in place. Mm-hmm. So then, how do you cultivate receiving energy around this thing that you've already created and put out there? Well, I'm just always in receiving around it. You know what I mean? So it's like. That's what I'm saying is like anything I'm creating or I'm putting out or I'm setting up the structure for it. So like living things, you know, passive income, so to speak, it's already out there. That's been the masculine part. And then the rest of the time, like I'm just kind of in receiving around it. So like I might put something up reminding people it's there and then I'm like, I'm resting after. But to me, it's a day of it's 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 a way of life. Like to me, I don't you know, if I'm launching something, it's a very like, okay, this period I'm, I'm going and I'm doing in this period I'm resting and receiving, but my lifestyle is about receiving because I am naturally somebody who could be going, 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 doing, doing, doing all the time. So I live my life with an intention to almost be out of balance and have so much receiving because for me to feel like all I'm doing is receiving is actually when I'm in balance because I'm so naturally like going, 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 doing, doing, doing. So any any space I have, my priority is, is receiving and resting, you know, and, and it's, you really got to think about that. Like if we think about optimal energy balance and optimal flow, vibrate, like vibrationally is equilibrium, masculine and feminine energy, like are, are in equal balance. Most people are like 98% masculine energy, (laughs) you know, or when they think they're in feminine energy, they're still in their masculine because they're just they're self, they're doing self-care. They're giving to themselves. Um, 
versus actually receiving from someone else, you know? So I just make it a priority of like, I want to receive as much as possible and like what feels like receiving for me, you know? So Mm -hmm. like letting people, it could be everything, anything from letting people give me compliments, letting somebody buy something for me. Um, you know, whenever somebody's, Oh, I'll pay for it. I'm like, okay. Hey, okay. Um, it can be letting somebody listen to me while I vent. Just be like, can you hold space for me? You know, um, it is like for me, allowing other people to serve me. So working with other practitioners and people who are taking care of me, having my own um, mentors who I'm receiving from, you know, um, for me, like, I mean, I get massage, I get a massage every week. I get lymphatic drainage every week. Um, I do a lot of self-care. I get um, craniosacrotherapy weekly. I do acupuncture every week. Like I have things set up. So I'm consistently in receiving, not giving to myself because then I'm, then I'm still in giving energy. Um, I'm having somebody else give to me, you know? And so I think if people really thought about that, like, what's my balance? Even, even like what's normal? Normal is I work five days a week. I'm just like, and then I, my, it's a two day weekend, but then people don't even really rest on their weekend. Right. They're still like doing stuff. (laughs) They're taking care of the other stuff. They didn't have to during the week. So what happens is we're just always doing when really it would be, what if my week was half doing and half resting? That would blow people's lives up. Yeah, that gives me a lot of anxiety just thinking about that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Like for, and for most people. For most yeah. people, oh, for, for sure. sure. For sure. Yeah. Right? But I think that's well, the reality we check this, we need. We come from this such a doing energy. Have you ever like done any thought or talked to the guides about like what cultivated this doing energy? I mean, maybe it ties into what we were talking about earlier with the history of how barbaric it was and how chaotic it was. Mm -hmm. But have you done like any thought process thought or talk to spirit guides about why it is that we are so much in our masculine energy, as opposed to maybe even the opposite of all of society being in its feminine energy? Yeah. I mean, a few things, one is fear, but I mean, the main thing is it's programming designed to keep us in the system so that the people who are in power stay in power. If everybody real, if everybody had that balance, if people were <laughs> like, think about it just tangibly, people pay for convenience. Why? Because we're tired and we don't have time, right? Time is the resource we can't get back. So people will pay for anything that will give them more time right? I will pay for somebody to deliver to my house. I'll pay for Amazon. I'll pay like whatever can save me time. What what choices do people make when they are stressed, when they, when they are tired and when they don't have enough time, right? That just promotes more, uh, consumerism of like, I'm going to pay all for all of these things. It also keeps people vulnerable. If people had a lot of the time and space, like they, had more space. They were more well, well rested. Their intuition came on. They had more time to learn new ideas and they had more time to take care of themselves. They would be stepping into their power. They would be getting more information within themselves and they'd be connecting with other energies. They would be accessing more of their gifts. They would be, their bodies would be healing themselves. Like they would be able to be their own healers. Problems would go away and then who would get paid? And then also how many people would realize the problems with the people who are in power and they wouldn't stay in power anymore. Mm. Right. So it, it's like, it's a weakness play. Essentially. It keeps people busy. Right. I got to sit with that. <laughs> it's 
pretty dope. Now I need to actually sit with that and not try to impose my masculine energy on it to yeah. <laughs> figure well, it out. You know, I had this really uh like life altering experience once many times, but specifically around this where I was um you know not even in the astral beyond the astral i was i was like in in the monarch being's energy okay which is beyond any like reality okay and i was looking down watching this like watching this earth thing and watching the humans and at this point i've like i'm like in this other consciousness and i just start laughing and i'm laughing so hard because i'm watching from this other lens and i'm like and again, this is like this other version of me, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, these humans, they're so stressed about this money. Like they're spending their whole lives like stressing out and trying to figure out money. And it was like honestly laughable because I'm like watching these dynamics and people are like, yeah, I need money. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like crying laughing because I'm watching this and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so serious. And they're doing all of these things when they could be doing like, you know, way, way less, like barely anything. And they would still, the money would still come in and they're trying so hard. And I was like laughing at, at it because it was so, almost comical. It was like watching a a comedy movie where, you know, somebody's trying so hard, like, and they just keep fucking up or it's just like, they're making it worse because they're trying so hard. And you're just like, oh my God, stop. You know, but it's funny when you're watching a comedy movie. I'm getting the, I'm getting the image of like Home Alone when they're trying to capture the kid. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like that. And that's what I was looking at. And, and I was like, do they even realize it's not even real? Like we're spending our whole lives trying so hard to like make money, right? So we can survive. And it's like, money isn't even real. It's not. Like there are numbers on a screen, like paper that somebody said meant something. There's not even enough paper that represents what we're saying. There is like, it's literally a made up fucking thing. It sounds like you're saying buy Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it was like just a really interesting perspective, like where it, it, it was much more ingrained for me because it was like because I was like kind of oriented from a different dimension, like looking down on it and even like looking down at myself and things that like I've done in the past. And I was like, what was I doing? Like I was trying so hard, you know? And that's how I feel just the, the more I've gotten into manifestation and energy work and just seeing how things can happen so quickly and easily. And I just think about, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how long I spent like thinking it had to be so hard. You know, it's like, it's like, well, people are working They're you know, they're running on the treadmill for an hour and I'm like, you know, lift a weight for 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> well, why would you not do it? It's, there's an easier way, you know? So I think that some of that is, we just don't know. Some of it is that we're in fear. Some of it is, it keeps us busy. And sometimes that's for someone else's benefit. Sometimes that's for our benefit. Sometimes we like staying in that, in that busy cycle, in that rat race, because we don't know what we would do with the silence. We don't want to face our real feelings. We don't want to face that we feel alone. Uh, we want to believe that it's all it's all for a bigger purpose. It all has to be for something. Like sometimes that is for our benefit, and we actually like staying busy because it makes us feel productive. It, and it's not necessarily being productive at all. But you know, if you don't want the extra space, then you can keep yourself busy. So it's just different ways of doing it. But I think like you know, if you, if you want there to be an easier way, there probably is. And if you have that desire, that's your intuition 
trying to get you to find it. I love it. It definitely rings true to me. What a speaking on like receiving and maybe specifically with receiving money. Is there a deity or an energy that you would recommend working with or channeling in order to more feel and, and, and invite in more of that receiving energy into someone's life? Mine specifically. <laughs> um, yeah, actually. I So I did this episode a while back um, where... <laughs> what number so, is it? Do you know? I could look it up right now. Um, Plug it. Um, I did an episode where I channeled my money witch. Oh, what did I tell <laughs> so, you about witches? <laughs> so this energy, this energy came through. Where is it? Um, I, yeah, I can't find it. I'll have to find it later. But there's an episode where I was, this was like a couple years ago and I, I was just meditating, talking to my guides and this, this woman comes through and she like, she's like dressed in money, like just has money all around her coins. And I was like, who are you? She's like, oh, I'm your money witch. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, like I'll help you out with money. And she's like super sassy. And I was channeling all this stuff from her and it was super helpful. And she said, she's like, yeah, everybody has a money witch. Uh, and I was like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, just, and she's like, just tell them, like, call forward their money witch and like their money witch will come forward. So I would say, call forward your money witch um, if, if that resonates with you. Or you could do something like, here's the thing whoever's going to help you with money will be, might be unique for you. Um, but that's like something you could say, like something, someone will come through. Um, if you're like, you could just say, can my spirit guide come forward who helps me with, you know, money. You could say that. I have a couple other uh, spirit guides who specifically help me with different things related to abundance. Um, just different guides for me. And then the other, one of the other goddesses that I like to work with around abundance is, um, people pronounce her name differently, but she says to me, Abundantia, A-B-U-N-D-A-N-T-I-A. She's like lesser known, but she's all about abundance. Um, so that's a goddess who is all about abundance and money. And so those are some of the energies that I like to, to tune into. Super dope. You'll have to go look for that money, wish episode that you had. Yeah. Pretty funny. I know. I don't know why it's not, I'll have to find it. I'll, I'll send right. it to you. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I'll throw all your links down there. It feels like a pretty good spot to wrap up. Uh, yeah. So, what do you what are you feeling? Do you want to do you want to keep going? You got other stuff to share? Or no, I feel good. I feel good. If you feel complete, I feel complete. You know, cool. We, we're done with like the little tactical surgery on the podcast yeah. episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're done with it. Feels feels complete. So I love it. Yeah, there's that moment where, like, you tell you can just tell like cup is full. You know, and what I'll say is I think that this is a big space as well for us to once again be more efficient. Like. I'll say this comes up in coaching. Like, let's say somebody books in an hour call, but we can get done. If we get done what we need to get done within 20 minutes, like, and it's complete, then why are we staying on the call the rest of the time? You know, and I think for me, that's another way I've just expanded time. This is also related to abundance and things of, I used to always schedule meetings and stuff of like, oh, we're going to have an hour meeting. But I realized if I put on the calendar, there's an hour meeting, then it would just take an hour. (laughs) you know, um, or just being okay Okay. with, 
having a call and then everybody being on the same page of like, if we're done early, like, cool, it's done. And so maybe that only took 10 minutes. We don't need to just keep filling the space for another 20 to finish the time. So I've been playing a lot more with like just that in general of not already deciding something's going to take me an hour. Cause I feel like that's a common block uh, of time. It's like, Oh yeah, I'll do this for an hour. This call mm. will be an hour or 30, whatever. I've just like, that has been really helpful for me of just not removing that and picking a shorter time and letting it take up that much time or like just being on the same page with, with that person of, well, if we complete early, then we can just hop off early. And then we both know like if, if, we're done and we finished or if it's in a setting where somebody's receiving information of like if the cup is full then we're just going to be done like sometimes i i'm doing calls and stuff and i can just feel the energy and i like maybe we still have another 20 minutes like on the clock so to speak but everybody i can feel it's like we're done for today like if i give you, out. if i say one more piece of information like you're just it's just too much like it's not even going to anything else i say you're not going to hear right? You're done. There's too much to process. So at that point, it's like, okay, let's just close, close it up. Right. So I think that is, that is very related to abundance to me. Uh, and a nice little time, time saving hack. It's all about efficiency. I I love it. Well, that's good for our masculine energy so we can get back into our feminine energy. Yeah. You know, receive and all that. Christina, always a pleasure. Uh, do you, I always give this time for the guest. If you want to encourage anything, I mean, you've been a fountain of knowledge already, but if there's anything else you'd like to encourage or persuade the audience, um, obviously. Oh my gosh. What's One more time. <laughs> All right. We're back for the very last part of it where Christina's going to tell us <laughs> anything she wants to plug or encourage. Christina, the floor is yours. Yeah, I would. I would highly encourage, I mean, checking out my new book, if, if it calls you at all, Pain, Love, and Purpose. It is a channeled poetry book. It's an easy read. It's a great coffee table book. I feel like it's a great gift. Uh, I feel like it would resonate with everybody, honestly. So check out my new book um, and Manifestation Mastery, of course, if you haven't already. And I would definitely encourage what we brought up, the 5D Ascension Activator. It's a totally free course. It's super powerful. It's 30 channeled lessons. Um, and there's also the option to also include like my breakdown of each of those channel messages as well, just to get more out of it. And then there are associated like journal prompts and action items to do. So you're really living that out and not just listening and moving on and not really anchoring in that shift. So I would recommend doing that if you haven't already, it's really powerful. It is a great a great thing to, I was actually thinking about this yesterday because when I first recorded that, it was something I did. It was like January, like it was leading into January and the guide said, okay, we're starting off the new year with this Ascension activator and you're going to record for the next 30 days, one a day. And I just think it's such a great thing to do. Like, you know, whenever you need to reset or early in, in the year is great as well. So a fresh 2023, you know, mindset shift, energy shift. So I'd recommend that. Um, and if you just go to my website, christinathechannel.com, there are all kinds of links to it. Well, so, so it is Christina, the channel. Yeah. I thought you said you didn't have it anywhere. No, no, I don't have Christina, the channel rice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. everything's Christina the channel, but I think it's so cute how you say Christina the channel rice. Like, <laughs> like the channel is my middle name. That's what okay. I love. Okay. <laughs> okay. People usually either say Chris, 
they say Christina Rice or they say Christina the channel. Uh, so, but gotcha. I like like how you mush them. I love it. I think I think it's so funny. Okay. Um, but yeah, and we'll put the link in the show notes. Okay. Okay. Not me. <laughs> All right, if I have to. Um, you no, have guys, to. but seriously, you should seriously check out this this book, Pain, Love, and Purpose, because it's pretty dope. It'll it'll make you feel some type of way. And Christina, thank you so much. Such dope information as always, guys. Please like, share, subscribe. But do the share if there's someone you know that this vibes with and you're like, holy shit, Christina hit something here, which I know she did. But whenever you know she did, that's when you should share it and appreciate you all. Thank you for sticking with us with the four different high vibe interruptions, whatever you want to call them. Uh, But with all of that being said, appreciate you guys. And I will see you all in the sixth dimension. Bye.